Don't move nothing, statue. Shoot about to go nuts, cashew. Need cash off the books, pass through. Real cheese for the cooks, rat food. He got drums for that ass, get fucked. Get your face rearranged, nip tuck. Dude heavy in the streets, big truck. Get money, get money, that's a stick up. Wallet of your life, choose one. Come Thank up you for listening to Cinephiles Digest. This is episode 42. My name is Matt. And I'm joined today by Travis. Hello, hello. And Tom. Hey, what's up? This week, we are going to be discussing three feature films. We're going to be talking about Blind Spotting, Black Klansman, and The Meg. So we'll be getting super predator extravaganza. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So those will be our feature reviews today. So we'll get to that in a bit. But first things first, what's been going on with you guys since the last time we recorded? Tom, you want to go first? Mm, I went to an open house yesterday. Looking to to buy a house or Not really. Our neighbors were like, hey, the house across the street is for sale (laughs) and you should walk over and check it out. Was this like an I love you man situation where you were just trying to check out the spread? I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we're not we're not really on the market yet, but it was interesting. The uh, house was a pile of garbage, um, and it was listed for $650,000. Oh, sounded like it had some character, so, though. It did have character, <laughs> yeah. Lots it, of had, uh, it had one room that was magenta. It had another room with an olive green shag carpet that, I shit you not, each individual thread was about four inches long. Oh it my was God. insane. Um, actually, I didn't mention to this this to you earlier, but the in the back they have an old basketball court. Oh, some pavement, quite a bit of space, hoop still up, no net. I'd have to put the net on. It would yeah. be an expense. But. When you saw that, was that the point where you were trying to convince Sarah? <sighs> yeah, that's when I moved from a hard no to a maybe. <laughs> anyway, it was an interesting experience. Uh, not encouraging. Definitely not encouraging, but interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. What about you, Travis? Uh, not a whole lot going on over here. I went to uh, Seaford last weekend. Mm-hmm. Which, if you're not from Seattle, that's, uh, well, I guess it's kind of in the name. It's a, on the sea, although it's <laughs> technically a lake fair. You got hydro races. Yeah. We, Blue Angels. Yep. Blue uh, Angels are the main attraction, I think. What else is there? Why do people go to Seafair? Uh, I think that's it. Just to hang out, watch the hydro planes and the Blue Angels and probably eat some where is the event food? like central location uh, it's like washington right yeah but i feel where? like i should know where like they the set up at but it, i didn't actually go to seafair we went out on chelsea's dad's boat to watch the blue angels that's how you do it but everyone like hangs out in the same area to watch the blue angels yeah and then we like docked over at on a, the bridge they just pull over <laughs> on the highway <laughs> It's kind of a shit show out there because there's so many boats in this one tiny spot. Mm-hmm. And so like your boat's just like bouncing up and down the entire time. Mm-hmm. It's kind of annoying. But it was cool seeing the Blue Angels. I don't get as excited for those as other people do just because I've seen them like every year my entire life. So it's just like, yep, same thing. <laughs> They're fucking loud and annoying. And I, I hate the Blue Angels. <laughs> they do cool stuff. They get really close to each other. People at work, though, lose their minds over them. Yeah. Yeah. Every year. But yeah, losers. 
Other than that, um, playing Fortnite. Well, you had watched, a, oh, I watched a falling it. out of sorts with Fortnite, didn't you? Oh, I'm right back in. Yeah, that, that lasted that about win? two days. Oh, man. <laughs> I had a killer victory the other nice. night. Nice. Squads win by myself. Oh, I haven't done squads yet. Oh, well, my whole team died. I took out the last three. Oh, oh, wait, no. I'm thinking of that new 50 50 mode or whatever it oh. is. I haven't done that. That's lame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one plays. <laughs> Me and Zach got pretty close a couple times. We got like second and second place, third place. That's we really should have gotten that. We should have won on second, but we pulled a rookie maneuver and we just landed face first. You know? That's what happens. That's what yeah. happens on Fortnite. <laughs> it's a stupid game. No one should play it. I played it in weeks. Um, you played Octopath Traveler though. You guys heard of that? Yeah. No. It's on the Switch. It's a JRPG. Not much to say beyond that. It's pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Combat's really good. It's like eight JRPG, Japanese role playing oh, game. Okay. Figured that was what the J was for, but mm-hmm. just had to be <laughs> yeah. certain. Been pumping some time into that, but uh, my newest obsession is Stardew Valley. Oh yeah, that's where, where it's at. You playing that on PlayStation or what? Yeah. That was my game, game was for a second. Really? Yeah, about two weeks. Yeah, like back when it first came out. PC. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh-huh. Dude, it's on the Switch. I feel like you it. talked about yeah, it. Yeah, I know. It's probably not on the show. Your town crush and... <laughs> oh, did I talk about I'm that pretty on the sure show? <laughs> if I did, it was like when we were first starting. <laughs> Who was it? Uh, the chick with the purple hair. Yeah, Abigail. Uh, Abigail, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I got to the point where uh, yeah, she invited me into her bedroom and we played video games. No way. That's pretty sweet. Damn. I'm not even like, close to that. Stop playing, Is that yeah. like second base and starting <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where. You can marry people eventually in that game. Yeah. Pretty sweet. But yeah, balls deep in Stardew. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm a perfectionist, so I've started over about six times but now that i have the mechanics now that i have the mechanics down i'm really making some serious headway (laughs) i'm raking in the cash i'm a dynamite fisherman literally no not (laughs) uh yeah also they have new maps like they probably didn't have this when you were playing but you don't have to start on the normal farm map you can do other like a like a fishing map and stuff like that oh, okay. for your farm. So that's kind of kind of cool. You know, a little Can variety. Run, sorry, you might have already said this. On PlayStation. PS4? Yeah. You just buy it? I don't have anything else. Did you just buy it? Yeah. How much was it? Uh, $15. That's pretty cheap. What uh, prompted that? I don't know. Maybe a desire for some some therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Has been referred to as being very therapeutic. It's <clears throat> relaxing. You know? Oh, okay. I find it a little bit stressful, but in a good way. Yeah. yeah. In like a time, like resource management sense. Yes. But like, I don't know. I got to the point where you start to realize that like, it doesn't really matter if you don't get much done in a day, you know? I don't know. There aren't really That's negative life, consequences. That's Will I have enough time <laughs> to catch three small ba- smallmouth bass before midnight? I don't know. So if you don't, then just do it the next day. No, dude. There's like missions that you only have two or three days to accomplish. Gets well, down you to have the wire. Two or three days, though. You just I'm it. completing other missions. <laughs> I have other priorities. I know it's a different type of game, but is it similar to like Sims in a sense, or not really? Mm, it's closer to something like Animal Crossing than it is The Sims, but I never played that. Hmm. Game's awesome. Well, it's lovely, and it has well Stardew Valley. I never played Animal Crossing, but it's lovely, and it has wonderful music. And um, the season is about to change. It's going to move from spring to summer, and I'm very excited. 
new Exciting. crops, new music, new visuals, new adventure, new adventure. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, uh, I went to uh, two shows the past two nights. SPF thirty. SPF thirty. That's the Sub Pop thirtieth anniversary festival. It was uh, on Alki Beach here in Seattle. It was uh, super well organized, but there were a ton of people there later in the day, mm-hmm. so it was hard to like get a good spot for the sets. But uh, Father John Misty headlines. I left before him. Beach House was the second headliner. Left before them, but. I saw Level Up, Moaning, Hot Snakes, Bully. Saw a piece of clippings set. You've seen Hot Snakes before, right? Yeah, I saw Hot Snakes a couple months ago at Upstream. What did you say, Travis? Saw a clip of clippings. A clip of clippings. Nice. Yes. Uh, Which uh, is the band. uh, It's a hip-hop group fronted by David Diggs, who is the star of Blindspotting, which we'll be getting into in a minute. No way. Mm -hmm. Talented dude. Talented dude. I didn't know that. Jack of all trades. Um, but that was pretty cool. It was They had stages on the beach facing away from each other. There were a total of like four stages, I think. Lots of vendors. And it was a nice day, second half of the day. So pretty cool. And then last night, I saw this band called Hop Along. Mm-hmm. They were one of my favorites. And I uh, hadn't gotten a chance to see them yet. Finally did. And it fucking blew me away. They were like one of the best live bands I've, I've ever seen. Wow. Like, she's known for uh, her voice. It's, like, very... She's got really good range, but it's also, like, kind of raspy, you mm-hmm. know? And seeing that live, like, she just, like... Kind of goes in and out, Really too. goes for it. Yeah, yeah. Like, she'll go for it, and sometimes it'll be really clean. Sometimes it's like she's screaming, you know what I mean? Like, she's got a really unique voice. Uh, they're super tight. It was <clears throat> such a good show. I'm so glad I won. I almost bailed because I was tired. Super tight as in, like, really cool or, like... As a band, they just played really tight. Both. Such a tight show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Their musicianship was tight. Mm-hmm. People don't say tight that much anymore. We got to bring that back. Dude, it's been back. It's super back. When's the last time you referred to something as tight? Like, mm, dude, that's tight. I'll drop, I'll drop a tight every couple <laughs> months. <laughs> okay, every couple For months. a while, it was my go-to. But oh, yeah. I, yeah I've migrated into dope. Every other word was tight back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where did you see Hop Along? I play at Numos. Mm, okay. And I'll, I'll be back at Numos in uh, two days as I'm seeing uh, AJJ, formerly known as Andrew Jackson Jihad, and uh, Kimia Dawson. They're also playing at Numos. <laughs> so, <laughs> lots of shows on the horizon. Why'd you bail on uh, Father John? I think he's boring. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, think he's I was also tired, like being great. out in the sun all day. like Yeah. And, you know. I thought about it, but as the day dragged on, I just like all the bands I wanted to see played pretty early on. So we stuck around until seven because my girlfriend wanted to see Wolf Parade, and they were cool. They're not really yeah, my they they're are. not really my thing, but they were they were cool. Um, but we left like halfway into their set, just tired. So that's about it for me. Word. Anything else you guys want to say before we dive into these reviews? Um, I don't think so. No. All right, let's do it. We are going to start things off with a review of Blind Spotting. We have a clip. Let's listen. Fuck it. What, you, what? Fuck what? I'm calling us an Uber and we're going to Knox party. The hell we are? I'm not going to that fucking party. Well, we're not going back in there, are we? 
I want you to go spend your first day not having a curfew in a halfway house. I'm not trying to go to some party where no bullshit is going to jump off. The bullshit is out here. Are you kidding me? That party's full of the squares and the squares. Knock works for Pandora. It's going to be safe. It's going to be nothing but hipsters and artisan beer and shit. You know, goatees, acoustic guitar, light music. No. Bruh. Yes. Is a better idea. Yes. Out here, this is where you want to be. Here. Look around. All right. All right. Okay. Blind Spotting is directed by Carlos Lopez Estrada. Film stars David Diggs and Rafael Casal, who are both uh, writers in the film. Plus synopsis reads. While on probation, a black man begins to reevaluate his relationship with his volatile best friend. So this is uh, another uh, movie centered on race issues set in Oakland, coming on the heels of Sorry to Bother You. Uh, just to give a little context, uh, we talked about this movie a couple months ago because of the trailer. And Travis, you thought it looked amazing. Yep. Tom, you were iffy on it. I was quite iffy. And I was also iffy on it. So what did you guys think now that you finally got to sink your teeth into this bad boy? Hmm. How was Blindspotting? You want me to go first? Sure. Well, the reason I thought the trailer was iffy was because of the tone that it conveyed. And that's what I was worried about. Um, But, and I mean, this movie does have a distinct tone. But in the end, I I kind of liked it. I think that the tone worked in its favor for most of uh, most of what it was trying to do, and it didn't feel like. I mean, it's well trodden material, right? So it didn't feel like something I'd already seen before because it was disarmingly lighthearted for most of the movie. Um, yeah, general impression is I liked it. But I'm not over the moon about it. Um, and basically the exact same boat. I, while I enjoyed, it, it, it's kind of like a buddy comedy almost. Mm-hmm. You know, you have these two guys and like some of the things that they get into or they're not outrageous, but tonally it's definitely very different from, because this movie goes some pretty dark and it, to some dark and intense places. Mm-hmm. So, I definitely liked this movie more when it was kind of plumbing those depths and getting super real as opposed to like the moments of levity, brevity. What is it? Levity. Levity. Like, so for example, there's a scene. (laughs) (laughs) Travis is no use to us on that one. Um, Without getting into spoilers, there's a scene that is very reminiscent of a scene from ant-man where characters are there's a character who's narrating a story and you see the other actors playing it out but this guy's voice is playing over you know what i'm talking about tom well i haven't seen ant-man i'm trying oh right you haven't seen ant-man trying to think of the scene but it's they come into his work and they're like hey i saw you you're the guy from the thing and then he's like talking talking and it's very humorous but what's actually Mm -hmm. happening it's not funny at all. It's pretty gruesome, yeah. you know, to watch that happen. So, like, I get what it's doing there, but I didn't like 
that's like that's a segment where the tones were conflicting for me. Right, but if it had been just super intense and the and the movie did not have the levity that it has, then it just would have been so much like every, you know, like any other movie we've seen, you know? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I do think it's not exploring uh themes that we've never seen before, but it's also it casts a, a wide net. Not as wide as something like Sorry to Bother You, which yeah. was just way too... It was all over the place. But, you know, it's dealing with with not just race issues, but... Well, this this is a race issue, too. But gentrification, yeah. they deal with that a lot in this movie, which you don't really get a ton of that, especially in Hollywood movies, dealing with, you know, the effects of gentrification and these, like, white hipsters moving into a, a neighborhood and, like, kind of whitewashing the identity of the city you know what i mean i looked up the definition of gentrification and the like the webster's dictionary definition isn't really like fitting for this type of movie but then i looked it up on urban dictionary Uh and (laughs) the definition was like when a bunch of white people put a bunch of like cupcake shops in the ghetto i was like oh okay okay (laughs) uh yes i feel like that's what most people think of when they think of gentrification yeah. but it's also things like i mean we're experiencing in seattle right now there's the light rail system that goes through uh neighborhoods that were previously you know black neighborhoods or just neighborhoods that were not the seattle as a majority is very white and the minorities are concentrated and still are concentrated into specific like neighborhoods. the outskirts of Seattle. So what happens is with the construction of the light rail, now that's like prime real estate. So you have all these fancy apartment complexes going up and condos on the light rail line. So you're pushing people out of their neighborhoods further south, further north, you know, yeah, that kind of stuff. So that's happening in Oakland. So, right. Um, but I do feel like the movie is very... Um, honest in that you can tell that these guys who wrote it like they're from oakland they have a ton of love for oakland like it didn't feel arbitrary that it was set in oakland like i think it was crucial right that it was set there yeah. um but there are certain moments in the film that didn't really work for me some things that were off tonally but uh by and large i thought it was it was, it was pretty good definitely better than i thought it was going to be from the trailer mm-hmm. but not uh not one of my favorites of the year by any means. Well, I'm on the opposite sides of you guys. But we're in the middle. Well, Wait, yeah. Do you think it's <laughs> trash or do you think it's amazing? It is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so I was I was right based off my uh, trailer reaction. <laughs> no one has more predetermined destiny moments. <laughs> oh, no. This is not a force feed. Okay. Okay. Dunkirk. technical marvel (laughs) from the trailer i knew it was a technical marvel let's not get into the dunkirk (laughs) debate um anyways uh yeah loved it thought it was a little slow at the start as far as like where's the story going like most of the like the first 30 45 minutes or so was them just kind of like hanging out and i get that was probably mostly just to like build character development between the two of them um because they're you know the main characters or whatever but um i thought what it built up to was pretty awesome and i thought the ending was uh very fitting very intense 
didn't really know where it was going the last 15, 20 minutes or so. And in the moment, the end is pretty jarring. But then when you look back at the rest of the movie, it kind of all makes sense. Without getting into spoilers, um, the movie ends with like this rap. And I really liked how the whole movie, him and his buddy, Divi Digson, that's Colin and... Do you remember the other guy's like name? The characters' names. Yeah. Um, I got the I got the list pulled up here. Colin and Miles. Okay, so them two, they're like they they want to be more than what they are, basically. Um, so you catch glimpses of them like trying to like rap or whatever, start something, but like they don't really have much to say. And then like the events that um, transpire. No, uh, the character's name. Uh, Colin. Colin. Yes. <laughs> uh, the events that he sees within the movie, kind of like gives him like conflicting thoughts the entire movie and then that all kind of just like spills out at the end and i thought the build-up to that was pretty awesome mm-hmm. i thought that was a, a little bit too neat and maybe they foreshadowed it a little bit too much because that's what that's what you were alluding to right yeah. um i thought it was a really powerful scene at the very end but it was also jarring to me because it is I mean, without getting into specifics, other than it being like a freestyle, we see in earlier moments in the movie that it seems like he's not that great at freestyling, you know, like he's struggling to finish rhymes and maybe it's just because he doesn't know what to say. But I think that was the whole point is that he didn't have anything to say before. But now after seeing that event and like living with it and trying to like wrestle with it, it all just kind of comes out at once in this like huge climax. Yeah, I just I wish they would have demonstrated, even if he didn't have much to say, at least his chops a little bit more. Because I don't know how you guys felt about that freestyle at the end, but that was like way better than any actual freestyle I've ever heard in my life. You know, like oh, he yeah. was spitting fire. Yeah, everything <laughs> he was saying was so poignant, <laughs> and it's just like. I I mean it's it was a powerful moment, but I was just I couldn't help but think like, wait, this just seems really forced. Like this feels very written. You know what I mean? Not in the way it's performed. Yeah. But just the content, like the things he's saying. Like, yeah. I mean, you even look at a guy like, uh, remember that freestyle video that Eminem did yeah. about Trump? That was people were like, oh, it's one of the best freestyles ever. Like that was that was really impressive. <clears throat> and that was actually it felt freestyle. like a freestyle. This was, I can't imagine actually freestyled. I'm sure he had to have written something that's that good. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure they weren't just like action and then he just like dropped that. You know what I mean? Now, I don't know a ton about the act of freestyling and I don't want to get too much off on a tangent on this, but I feel like when people do freestyle, they still have like verses that they've rehearsed and they kind of like yeah. throw yeah, them Yeah, string them together. They've got, yeah. their, they've got their catalog. Yeah, because like I'd go to like house parties and there'd be a group of kids who would freestyle and stuff, and most of them were pretty bad. But then like you'd see one of them who would actually do a pretty decent job, and like I would talk to him afterwards and stuff, and he's like, "Oh, well, I got like these lines written, and I just like use those as like a base, and then like whatever I'm feeling or seeing at the moment, like I'll you know put that into it as well." Um, I, I I get what you're saying, but I still think the way it was done in the context of the movie was done really well. Sure. The the moment that I think worked better for me, both on an emotional level and just like the subject matter, was the two main characters have a confrontation 
yeah in a parking that lot good. that i thought was 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 pretty incredible both in uh, yeah. their performance but also just that's not really something that you see that was one in, of the more poignant mo- moments in the movie for yeah, sure yeah that was it was pretty remarkable that was i wasn't fully on board until that moment and then i was like okay this movie is 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 doing something special here do yeah. i think it's a perfect movie was i on board like start to finish no but uh, I definitely enjoyed this more than Sorry to Bother You, which it sounds like Tom's Same not here. the case for you. Because you were pretty high on Sorry to Bother You, weren't you? Yeah. But this movie, I mean, this movie's more accessible. <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah, that's very true. You could say it's more entertaining, too. Uh, I don't know if I... I don't know if I'm fully decided on that. I just don't think it's as good of a movie. but sure. Or that it will stand the test of time the way that to the to the extent that sorry to bother you will um but i there were certain things i really really liked about uh about blind spotting one is the the scene that you were just describing um one would be well, i don't want to ruin it but there's there's an event that happens like a fifth of the way through the movie really early on right it's kind of a formative event for the rest of the film and the movie could go a really predictable direction with that, but they don't. I also really appreciated that because it's it's central to what we've been seeing in the news for the last three or four years. Um, and so you kind of expect to get the more predictable storyline around it. But instead, you just had it added as an element to the main character's life experience and how he relates to the world around him and the decisions that he makes and like the tough decisions he has mm-hmm. all the time. Um, so yeah, I mean, earlier I said that it, it's well, well worn territory, but honestly there are some areas where, where um, it was pretty original. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I don't really think it's a spoiler to say since it's all over the trailers that, what you're referring to, I guess is, it is. Yeah, uh, he witnesses a, a white cop kill another black man. Yeah, and that happens pretty early on in the film while he's on probation. So you have this thing kind of looming the whole time. Yeah, and it it doesn't do what you expect it to do with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I don't want to get into what you expect it to do because then. That's saying what it doesn't do. You know what I mean? But yeah. <laughs> uh, I did really like the way they treated it because I was kind of worried that it was just going to be kind of generic or even heavy handed with how it dealt with that. But that wasn't the case at all. Yeah. Um, but real quick, I want to highlight um, the performance of uh, Rafael Casas. Is that his name? The guy who plays Miles. Yeah. He was really good. He was crazy. I thought he was he was incredible. I mean, David, David Diggs is good, too. But mm-hmm. I, I really do think... Uh, Raphael stole the show in that. Mm. He was fantastic. His fast talking salesman. Oh yeah, that was good. Stuff was <laughs> the, was great. Like the hair salon or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> I I mean, there was a lot about this movie that just felt kind of like a like a sitcom. You know, I don't know if it's just like the little moments that they would have in the apartments or the relationships or the fact that you were just sort of spending time with them with like not a whole lot of clear direction especially early in the movie yeah and then the tone the lightheartedness of it mixed with super drama yeah yeah totally um, it's all over the place but yeah i think it worked well yeah like i liked hanging out with those characters and then 
like when shit got real, it actually like added something to the movie rather than just two people hanging out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I did love the scene at the house party too. <laughs> like one of the, well, the funniest line in the movie to me was when the like bro or whatever who was throwing the party was like, oh, we got the same tattoo. And he's just like, oh, because he got it. He was like, yeah, I just moved <laughs> yeah. here from Portland six months ago. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he got to do, was it a, it was a tattoo of the state of California with like a pin on the star right. or something? Like, yeah. Star? yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, lots of really good moments like that. Yeah, I thought that whole scene was good. And just like the little things that they like would like do commentary on, like, uh, when they pull up to that party in the Uber, the like, see, that was something that I didn't like as far as the comedy because well, was, you might think it's... I'm not talking about the Uber specifically, but like, oh. uh, you see like three or four girls come up and like take like a selfie with the car behind them and like, without saying anything, just like a three second mm-hmm. clip, like that's like our society, like oh, there's a car that doesn't look like every other car, let's take a picture of it, like. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple other things too, um, but you can. Well, specifically about that, there's multiple jokes about that car and how he drives Uber. And I, one, I didn't think it was funny too. It took me out of the movie because you can't drive for Uber unless right. you have a four door car. I thought that was kind of <laughs> dumb too. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I mean, it, they did it for a punchline. I get it, but it's also like everyone rides uber so you got to be careful with those kind of details right. i was just like no this doesn't even work because that, that car can't drive for uber it's just stupid you know well, it doesn't <laughs> have to be like a certain year too like it has yeah, to be it like does. yeah it can't be an old even if it's a well like well-kept car like it has to be like 2010 what? or newer or something i don't know uh, i don't know if it's it's I think maybe it like 10 years or something i don't i don't know how new it needs to be but yeah yeah so just little things like that but the only other scene that i kind of had mixed feelings about was you guys probably know what i'm talking about it's it's a very surreal scene in a courtroom oh yeah i thought that was a little heavy-handed with his message like i don't think it really needed needed to be that uh aggressive and in your face with what it was trying to say like i feel like it could have been a little bit more subtle yeah i like the way it was over stylized but yeah it was kind of a cool moment but Mm -hmm. i could have probably gone either way with it yeah um another like little small touch that they did um as far as like commentary was when i don't know if it was all white people but like they were all walking past like the corner that the event occurred on and like no one even stopped to like acknowledge it. It was just like, it wasn't even there. Mm -hmm. I feel like that was kind of playing into the whole theme of the movie as well. Mm -hmm. But I do think that it wasn't necessarily one sided. Like it's definitely going for like how you're perceived, not necessarily like the color of your skin. You know what I mean? Like the entire movie's like message. Like it's more so about like stereotypes and how you're viewed as a person. Like sure. It leans towards like being black, but like miles deals with, the same type of shit because he's from Oakland, but he's white, but like that was his upbringing. And like, he's basically like lived in like a black culture his entire life. And then he's like, kind of like frowned upon for it or, you know, he's not accepted necessarily for almost the same reasons as like other black people aren't, even though he's white. So like, he's kind of in a weird situation. Yeah. I I mean, they, they do draw attention to that. I don't think they're really trying to equate, 
the experience of like a black man in America and a white man in America. Just yeah. merely bringing light to the fact that here's this guy who grew up, has lived his entire life in Oakland in this culture, and then he goes to some party and someone basically says he's mistakes faking. him for a tramp transplant yeah, yeah yeah and just thinks that he's uh, a poser basically and they're like why are you talking like that it's like well because that's what i grew up around you know what i mean like yeah so i thought that was really cool but um well and they almost are like they do like a role reversal because like miles is kind of the thug or the punk who's like always getting into trouble and stuff and then uh miles is the guy who's trying to do right and like Sure, Miles is the one, or not Miles, Colin. Colin. Colin is the one who's on probation, um, but they were both like equally at fault for what happened, and it shows like the black guy got in trouble, but the white guy didn't. Yeah. But in actuality, like Colin is probably like a better person as far as like society goes than Miles is, but since the color of his skin is black, like you know, it plays with that or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Anything else you guys want to say about blind spotting before we give some star ratings? No. I've said my piece. No, we can move on. <laughs> Four stars. Four stars. Five stars. Going five. Ten stars. Going five. It's your uh, 25th five-star movie in the Actually, year? Actually, I, I looked, and it's my 10th. 10th, really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and... Given I did actually look at all of my star ratings for this year, it's all pretty even as far as like five stars, four and a half, four, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Twos. Well, one and a half. Twos and below, I feel like are kind of in the same group. Like once you're a two star below, you're just a shitty movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's the difference between a one and a half and a one? You know, like I couldn't really. There's a whole scope of things that could have been wrong. No. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, that's going to do it for blind spotting. Uh, we are going to move on to the Meg. We have a clip. Here we go. What you people discovered is bigger than we ever thought possible. How big is that thing? It was the largest shark that ever existed. A living fossil. Thought to have been extinct over two million years. Wrong. My God. It's Megalodon. Okay, the Meg is the most hyped blockbuster of the summer, some would say. Not me, but Travis. Yeah, you got facts behind. Were you? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get into that in a second. Okay. Um, Most hyped. This film was directed by John Turtle Turd and stars <laughs> Jason Statham, Bing Bing Lee, Rain Wilson, Ruby Rose. Um, plot synopsis reads, after escaping an attack by what he claims was a 70-foot shark. Jonas Taylor must confront his fears to save those trapped in a sunken submersible. Why can't we have it just say submarine? Or a sunk merciful. Sub sunk <laughs> a sunk merciful machine. Uh this movie debuted number one at the box office, took in forty five million domestically, one hundred forty seven million globally. 
Who would have thought? Huge. There was no Jumanji this year. That's t- <laughs> so okay. So Tom did not see this movie. We should say that. So this one's just going to be me and Travis. Going into this, I was hoping for like over the top, really stupid, dumb fun B movie, dumb fun. <laughs> uh, what I got was a movie that is too goofy to be taken as like a legitimate like action thriller because it's got the budget. Like the set, the set design is actually pretty cool. Like the the design of the. Um, like the research facility that they go to like dig deeper into the Marianas trench. It's pretty generic looking, but it looks good. Like yeah. they clearly, there's a lot of money that went into this. The shark looks good, but it's just too dumb to be taken seriously on that level. Right. But it also takes itself too seriously to really just be over the top and do a bunch of crazy shit up until the end. It has a little bit more fun towards the end, but this movie just it didn't do either thing very well like it was not stupid enough for me to enjoy as like a a a dumb fun b movie yeah um but also just not that entertaining like the action sequences like especially early on are really not that interesting to watch like you don't really see too much of the shark until like probably 35 40 minutes into the movie like yeah i get you're trying to build tension but most the action at the start is underwater too so it's like dark and you don't really get the like size or scope of the megalodon but like when it jumps out of the water it's fucking cool Mm -hmm. there should have been more of that yeah there needed to be more of that kind of stuff and there's just like they try to force (laughs) these like kind of touching moments into it that they they even have like the -the over-the-top score and you're supposed to like kind of feel for the characters not in a cheesy way i feel like it was kind of trying to be serious in that sense yeah um so just just a mess i really did not like this movie i don't know about you travis but uh i'm probably around the same as you maybe a little higher um i agree with you that's like my main takeaway is it didn't really know what it wanted to be. Like it didn't go far enough to like the piranha 3d side. And it like, it didn't go the other way where it was like, like a cool sci-fi. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it wasn't even as like terrifying or like thrilling as jaws is. And jaws does way less, but is way more effective. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, the main, like, the first like forty five minutes to an hour, I was just like, "Come it's on, it's a drag, already. dude. Like, <laughs> this is so lame. Like, let's just get to the good stuff." And then the good stuff is like the last fifteen or twenty minutes. This movie could have easily been like twenty, thirty minutes shorter and not lost anything. <laughs> and yeah, and even the stuff at the end, it was I was it was fun. I enjoyed it, but it wasn't like like I have zero interest in watching this movie again. Yeah, like, even the stuff at the end, it was like. You know, when it went by so quick too, like I don't like. I think twenty or thirty minutes adds a lot to a movie. Like, if they were to cut some like worthless stuff out of it, it probably would have been a pretty tight, like fun movie. But it just felt too long and not interesting enough. I just don't think you can start with a monster that big. They're just never gonna be scary in the way that like a realistically sized creature can be scary. I wasn't like really King looking. Kong? Not that scary. Yeah. Well, I wasn't really looking for uh, 
in the sense of it being a horror movie, I wasn't really looking to be scared. I was more just looking for kind of schlocky, like people getting fucked up by a giant shark. I'd like to be both. It did have some good kills, though, but a lot of them were just kind of like throwaway kills. Like it's also PG thirteen, so you don't get to see like the body being ripped in half, and like yeah. not that I need that, but it was all just kind of lame, you know. The whole thing was just kind of a wet noodle. Yeah, like there was, I mean, one specific death. It was a main character, and as soon as they die, it cuts to a new scene. So it was like we don't even care. Yeah, it was just like bye bye, Bernie. Well, and I, I don't even really, really want to say anything else, just in case I spoil it for that character, but like. I kind of liked that character to begin with, but then like after a while, he like totally flipped and then was like a, almost a t- completely different character. Yeah. Like I didn't even realize what his duty was on the on the boat until like right before his demise and I was like, "Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's this asshole, but like before he was just kind of like, you know, part of the crew." <laughs> yeah. It's also really really poorly written. So like there were three or four times where the movie would go out of its way to point out something about the universe. So like, for example, when they go down into the trench and they're exploring, uh, they make a comment about how things to turn the lights off. And then two minutes later, there's a shot of Jason Statham's thing, like shining a light on the thing, trying to rescue them. <laughs> it's just like it, there were multiple occasions where the movie would go out of its way to say something and then immediately do that thing. It's like, why would you draw? Like, well, just do it. Like, no one's paying attention to that shit. But if you're going to go out of your way to say something and then immediately do the opposite, it's so annoying. That's the, It fucking drove me crazy. <laughs> There were a couple examples of it. That's the only one I can think of. There was another one where they were on the surface. I think they were trying to tag the shark. And I can't remember specifically what they said, but they went and immediately did that thing. Well, and this is kind of piggybacking what you're talking about, but like everything was so convenient in this movie. Like other times when people would die or like, you know, get destroyed, they didn't. But then other times they did. But it's like the same circumstance and it's like, well, how are these people so lucky in these certain situations, but these people aren't? Like, Yeah, it was just, just for suspense. Yeah. Like, there's one part where the Meg, like, is, is about to eat the main characters, and then it, it has something in its oh, dorsal God. fin, and then it gets stopped, like, when inches away from it's about Jesus to chomp in. It's like, kicking the <laughs> shark underwater. Like, what are you going to do? Um, <laughs> I will say... I can picture it now. <laughs> uh jason statham he's the best yeah still love that guy yeah he's good it's fun to watch he's he's not a good actor i don't really know why i like the guy so much but he's just the fucking best i love jason statham i can't think of a movie of his i've seen that i haven't at least mildly enjoyed like this is not a good movie but he was the best thing in it you know what i mean yeah like i know there are some like utter trash jason statham movies like what's that like medieval one in the name of the king isn't that a jason statham movie oh i don't know but it sounds it's supposed like to be like i need to check it's supposed to be notoriously bad um i was gonna say that sounds right here <laughs> yeah um like a british like street thug knight <laughs> <laughs> he should have been assassin's creed oh god but i mean <laughs> He's in not sneaky uh, at all. <laughs> he's in Furious Seven, Fate of the Eight. Wait, is that what it's called? Fate of the. It's Furious. not called Fate of the Eight. It should be called Fate of the Eight. 
uh, crank movies, transporter movies. He's in Spy. The Mechanic. Uh, did you guys see The One? With Jet, Jet Li? Oh, yeah, I have seen that. That movie is dope. Yeah. <laughs> He's just the best. Um, He's in... Uh, Expendables. What's it called? Did you say that? Brad Pitt? Or is that... Oh, Mikey? Snatch. Yeah, Snatch. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the movie I'm thinking? Oh, yeah, In the Name of the King, A Dungeon Siege Tale. <laughs> there are five what is up with extra that words. <laughs> it has, so unnecessary. a 3.8 rating on, uh, on IMDb. Dude, that's not that bad. That's pretty bad no, for that's IMDb. really bad. It's really bad. I don't go Cause on it's IMDb. an average score. It's an average of all of the out of ratings 10. out of 10. Yeah. It's pretty bad. Uh, you, 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 you bowl, you bowl. Oh yeah. He directed it. Nice. Oh, classic. You, 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 you bowl. Ooh. Is it Uwe or Uwe? He's the guy who did um, <laughs> Uwe Bull. That Blood Rain movie. He's in a lot of video game he movies. He did that uh, House of the Dead movie that was like completely different than the House of the Dead video yeah. game. Uh, House of the Dead, Blood just, like, Rain. just used the name. But um, that was about it. He's like, a, he's like a shock jock kind of guy. He did that movie Rampage, which is about just a guy going on like a map, like a crazy shooting spree, you know, just for the sake of like killing the people. Uh uh, he's trash. Um, anyway, how do we get down this Jason rabbit Statham. hole? Oh, of course. <laughs> um, yeah, it was. I was mildly excited for this movie just because I thought it might be entertaining, but it, it really wasn't as entertaining. Do they get into the wish. science of the shark at all? You know, like study it, like say interesting things about it. They, A little, very, very briefly, and then they're like, "It must die. We can't let it escape." So okay, so this is like the the science. So they're the Marianas Trench. Are you familiar? Yeah. Uh, there's a theory in this film mm-hmm. <laughs> that that's not actually the deepest place in the ocean. There's an go. even the bottom deeper. of the Marianas Trench is actually like a like a heat barrier. It's like a like a dense like and then there's an vapor. under ocean ocean. So you go under, then yes, it's like the very bottom of the ocean where all this like really prehistoric, prehistoric stuff shit. is that's where the meg is Fuck yeah. so they make a joke about how when they left they opened up like a gap for sharks to get out hell basically they refer to it as a super highway for sharks or something like that what the fuck um but they only have one of these things to worry about spoiler time yeah come on now <laughs> well they said super highway for sharks i mean it's pretty damn obvious there's right? other normal sharks in the movie. No, do they have any of those sharks that have like the bottom jaw that looks like a spiky tongue, all curled up? You see those in pictures? I don't think so. No, saw uh-huh. at least one hammerhead shark. Mm-hmm. The trailer has like forty. Oh, <laughs> but okay. So you seen... there's a crucial hammerhead shark moment. Okay, I remember. So you see in the trailer the part where you see the shark like swimming under the like shark. the very crowded beach, you know? Yeah. That's at the end of the movie. So like yeah, the sequence, crowded beach. That's the only good scene in the movie. I was waiting for that setting the entire movie, and then I thought it would have finally with that. at the end. It's like I also wanted that shark to just go fucking ham and just eat like hundreds of yeah, people in yeah. one go. Didn't happen. Maybe to shoot up onto the beach and like halfway half of its body out into like uh, some sort of carnival situation maybe eat a clown on stilts <laughs> yeah and like, then, like that would be drag fun. itself back into the water 
be amazing. It's like when those orcas like beach yes. themselves to eat the seals. Exactly. Yeah. That'd be pretty sweet. Or just like I wanted it Speaking to eat people, orcas. like like a like a whale shark eats krill. You mm-hmm. know, I just want him to open his mouth and just like <laughs> eat like fifty people. Doesn't happen. The whole thing with the whale in the middle of the movie was so dumb. That was yeah, real dumb. We won't get into specifics, but that was real dumb. Matt, most important question: <sighs> the shallows or the Meg? The Meg. Oh for sure. No way. How about think- this. The Meg, who does underwater exploring better? The Meg or Life Aquatic? Ooh. <laughs> Don't ask Matt that. He hates that movie. Yeah. Uh, that's what makes it interesting. I'd have to see the Life Aquatic again. Titanic I, w- I would rather... Or the Meg. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, I would rather rewatch the Life Aquatic than the Meg. I have oh, zero yeah. interest in ever watching this movie again. I mean, what else are you going to get out of it? Nothing. The headache. The little enjoyment that you had is gone. Yes. <laughs> Disappointing. Movie sucked. Star ratings. Well, Unless you had something else you want well, to say. One more uh, versus <laughs> Jurassic Park Fallen Kingdom or The Meg. Oh, Jurassic Park Fallen Kingdom. See, the thing is, is that I've, I've, I rated The Meg higher than Jurassic Park, but in actuality, That's... I think Jurassic Park's probably a better or at least more enjoyable movie than the Meg. But at the same time, I feel like I had higher expectations or hold Jurassic Park to a higher standard than the Meg. So I'm kind of conflicted on the whole star rating thing. It's only half a star, not a huge deal, but 2.5 for the Meg. Two out of five. The Shallows, I believe, was a one and a half out of five, which I stand by. It's a travesty. (laughs) Hmm. Uh, Four and a half. For the shallow. Oh what, what kind of reception is the oh, yeah. getting? You said it is the most popular. Uh, it's Number making a lot one. of money at the box office. Critically, it's pretty so-so. It's like 50-50. Yeah, yeah it's like 49% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, almost right down the middle. But uh, I don't think people were expecting this to be a hit. No. Well, I mean, I think they thought it was going to do well. But, but not it's like shattering expectations. Number one, yeah. It's a really stupid name. It's, I like it's the based name. off of a book. Did you know that? No, I didn't know. Yeah. That. The book actually sounds kind of cool. The book is just called. <laughs> Was the book Meg. called Prehistoric Animals? The book starts with the Meg like devouring a T Rex. That's what's up. That sounds much cooler. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't I put that in the movie? I don't know. Also, so did the the book just span? I don't know. Millennia. There's also like seven or eight sequels to the first book. Was the T Rex trying to swim to a nearby island? I I was just like it was in a boat. Glancing over the Wikipedia page, I didn't necessarily see the reason why, but I did see that the the book starts with that. Whatever that dinosaur is in the Jurassic World movies, the giant one in the with water, the crocodile. That face? one's way better than the Meg. Wait, does that, it doesn't have a crocodile face, does it? I can't remember. The giant one that like... In the first one, right? It's, it's in both, too. Did you see Fallen Kingdom? No. Oh, Oh yeah. No, way cooler. Beginning of the Fallen Kingdom. That's, it's kind of like an alligator dinosaur it's, it's, hybrid I feel thing. like it's way bigger than the Meg, though. I'm right? Googing it. Googing? Googing? Oh, that's what you're asking, if it's bigger or not? Or if it it's cooler? It seems bigger, right? It's well, cooler, it is cooler. For it's sure. for sure cooler. <laughs> but it also seems like it's bigger, too, though, right? Probably, yeah. Well... We'll have to Jurassic search Park three. The, the depths of the internet <laughs> to find like a to scale comparison of the Meg <laughs> and whatever that fucking crocodile thing is from Jurassic World. Um, 
What you got, Tom? Do we already have one? What, a picture? Yeah. That like looks like a whale with a crocodile face. Let me see. Yeah, that sounds about right. Is it based on like a real uh, croc whale? Uh, I don't think so. Crail? Oh, yeah, dude. That thing is a badass. Yeah, I think it's sweet. (laughs) Yeah, dude. They have like this whole like stadium set up for this. This thing's definitely 70 feet or more. Did you ever see Jurassic World? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, this thing was dope. This was the only part of the movie that I liked. (laughs) There was more things to enjoy, but. Oh, maybe it is. It is based on a real dinosaur. Looks like one of those. you know, they got four paddles. It looks like the dinosaur in the Tree of Life, but like you know, like it's like a small version. Yeah, the one of that, that has the, the wounded neck. one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Any last thoughts on uh, the Meg Travis? No. But speaking of Tree of Life, didn't one of you just watch that recently? That I just did. watched it. Ooh, are we gonna hear about it? Hell yeah, you are. Cool. But you're not so much <laughs> gonna hear about it as just get a feeling from me. You're just going to experience something. What is this going to do for the listeners? Nothing. They're going to feel it too. (laughs) (laughs) I can feel it coming in. Okay. Uh, Next up, uh, the movie that I'm most excited to talk about. I don't know about you guys. Here we go. Black Klansman, the new Spike Lee joints. We have a clip. Let's listen in. I didn't want to say we're trapped, but that pecker would have had a gun in my face. And he was an ass hair away from pulling the trigger. And he didn't. But he could have. And then I would have been dead. For what? Stopping some jerk-offs from playing dress-up? Flip, it's intel. Well, I'm not risking my life to prevent some rednecks from lighting a couple sticks on fire. This is the job. What's your problem? That's my problem. For you, it's a crusade. For me, it's a job. It's not personal, nor should it be. Why haven't you bought into this? Why should I? Because you're Jewish, brother. The so-called chosen people. You've been passing for a wasp. White Anglo-Saxon Protestant, cherry pie hot dog white boy. Hmm. That's what some light-skinned black folks do. They pass for white. Doesn't that hatred you've been hearing the Klan say, doesn't that piss you off? Of course it does. Then why are you acting like you ain't got skin in the game, brother? Rookie, that's my fucking business. It's our business. And we're back. Black Klansmen. Directed by Spike Lee. Plot synopsis reads, Ron Stallworth, an African-American police officer from Colorado, successfully managed to infiltrate the local Ku Klux Klan and become the head of the local chapter. Film stars John David Washington, who is the son of Denzel Washington. Is he really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I did not know that. I think you told me, Travis. Or maybe oh. your brother did. I didn't know he was Denzel's son, but he used to be a football player. Yeah, I saw he walked on to some college team. He's also like the main... Well, besides The Rock, he's like the main football player on Ballers. Yeah. So. Oh, he's on Ballers. Mm-hmm. He plays Ron Stallworth. Film also stars uh, Adam Driver and... Uh, the dude from Itania. Yes. Oh, that's... I knew I <laughs> yes. recognized him. Oh, my God. <laughs> That fucking guy. Um, I'm an anti-terrorist specialist. <laughs> Counter-terrorist operator. Counter-terrorism. <laughs> um, so, Black Klansman. I will say I have not seen very many Spike Lee movies. Um, have you seen Do the Right Thing? I have not. You gotta borrow it. You own it? Yep. All right, I'm definitely wanting to now. Um, 
this might be my favorite movie of the year. I fucking love this thing. It was so good. Right? <laughs> it was so good. It's so what really surprised me was that it's just a really fucking good movie. It's like a yeah. really good like police procedural, you know? Oh yeah. It's like totally, I, totally good. I saw it with uh with my girlfriend and she was like biting her nails and shit. Like it was like super <laughs> tense. Like I was really invested in the plot, but also it's like heavy shit it's an it's important it's kind of meta like i love all of that stuff yeah my only criticism of this movie is that it felt a little bit long but i don't know what i would take out yeah i kind of had the same reaction because i got out of the theater and i was like oh man it's already this time but in in the moment i didn't i didn't want it to end like yeah. maybe i don't think it went on too long like there's a moment where you think it might end and then there's some follow-up mm-hmm but I wasn't ready for it to end. I wasn't like, okay, let's wrap this up. Yeah, no, it, I, I like was the just follow like, up. It kept going beyond where I thought it was going to stop. Yeah. So maybe that's maybe that's why I thought it felt long. Travis, I'm sure, is like, oh, could have shaved off 30, 40 <laughs> minutes of this. Uh, and... Yeah, I'm definitely <laughs> not as over the moon as you guys about this movie. Uh, I did think it was a good movie, but I felt like it was kind of slow and anticlimactic. But then as I was like thinking that the last like three or five minutes hit and I was like, well, I kind of sound like an asshole. If I say that. <laughs> so I don't know if I want to lead with that as like my main argument, but I just, it felt just kind of, I mean, get rid of the whole like, you know, like racial context. Get felt, rid of it? Well, no, like just, you know, set it aside for a second. Oh, okay. It's like, it's kind of just like a generic police procedural. Yeah, but I mean, I kind of know where you're going with the anti-climactic element, and but like the whole movie leading up to it, like I don't know, I just feel like there wasn't like that great of a payoff and like there wasn't enough like throughout the movie to like keep me super invested cuz most of it's like just people talking. I mean, that's like the I guess so, movie. but I, I mean the 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 whole in investigation that they're undergoing is really just sort of the vehicle for the, the kind of ideas that they want to explore. And those I thought were, were you got tons of payoff with mm-hmm. um, like Adam driver's character, for example, he was great in the movie uh, really liked the way that their relationship kind of develops. Um, yeah. I also love this movie style, the music, the outfits, um, that's all pretty spikely. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, it did look good. And as yeah. like a period piece, I mean, he nailed it. Yeah. It, it did kind of remind me of um, Detroit a little bit. Just oh, like, I think it was way more way what, more stylish than that. Just like the, the setting. The period, like the, you mean? Like yeah. It took place. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I could see that. But like, there's some weird editing that goes on, like with the uh, the movie posters. Do you remember that? Oh yeah. Um, there's with like the exploitation posters. Yeah, yeah. There's the extended dance scene where you like watch them dance for an entire song. That was awesome. That was one of my favorite parts. Um, yeah, I was a big fan. I also thought that the movie showed at well. Kind of on both sides. It was a little bit more restrained than it could have been. Um, like it could have been way over the top, right? It could have had a really bombastic ending. 
or something that was like there were scenes that were kind of reminiscent for me of Inglorious Bastards when you get towards the end where it could have gone off the wall or gotten super super violent or something yeah um and it didn't but on the other hand there are clear call outs to present day political strife that at first just felt like a couple of mentions that maybe at the end you'd you'd say to yourself okay well those didn't really need to be in there but the movie committed to them to such a degree that it became like integral to the to the whole experience and to what the movie what the movie is so I, I don't know. I, I liked both of those factors. Yeah. And that really gets hammered home at the end. Travis yeah. was referring to the last three to five minutes. Yes. I was kind of with you. I was like, it made me chuckle. There's references to like yeah. the current administration. Exactly. You thought they were just fill- silly gags at first. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's like self-referential or not self-referential, but like kind of meta. Like this is set in the 60s, but we're making jokes about making America great again. You know, shit like that. Yeah. Um, But then the way the movie ends, like it just... Like, I got really emotional at the end of this movie. Just, like, oh, what, yeah. what we had just seen. And then seeing that, it's like, fuck, man. Like, this is 50 years later, and it's, like, the same shit is happening. Yeah. Not to the same degree, obviously. It's not, you know, the degree to which it's happening is not the same. But we're yeah. heading in that direction. We're regressing. So I thought that was, like, on an emotional level, it really, really hit me. Um but yeah, I mean, just kind of going back to uh, it as like a police procedural, like, yeah, that's not the most like groundbreaking thing as far as that aspect of it. But I was invested the whole time. I wanted to know what was going to happen next with the investigation. They have doubts. Um, there's one moment in particular that was edited in such a way that I got really anxious, but it ended up kind of being uh, a, a little bit of a red herring. So, like, there's a moment where there's this main uh, guy in the clan who is, like, very skeptical of of Ron Stallworth. Mm-hmm. And do you guys remember the scene where he's, like, on a payphone and you see him looking at something and you see Adam Driver get out of a car while oh, John right. Washington is on the phone, you're like, oh, he's, yes. he's fucking got him. Like, he's got yeah. him dead to rights. I yeah. But that, <laughs> that wasn't actually it. Yeah, what you know? was that? I think because you find out like 30 seconds later that he got the call and was like, we had, we got to go to this meeting right now, you know? Got but it. it was edited in such a way that you were meant to think like yes. yeah. he was fucked. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. You know, like that was really clever editing moments like that. Yeah, that and was good. I do have a technical question about the movie that I just could not... Sarah and I saw it together afterward. We were just like, what the fuck? Why did they need... Like, after that initial phone call where Ron Stallworth establishes himself and gets his name out there with the clan, why did they not just hand it all off to Adam Driver? Um, Because this is based on a true story, right? Yeah. Like, there must be a reason that they had both of them involved. It's like, his investigation. The phone calls and everything, you're saying? Why yeah. not just have Am Driver answer the phone too? Oh, yeah, that kind of like one time my mind as I was watching it. Yeah. Well, he had already given out his own phone number at the police station. <laughs> he really. So oh, that's right. His phone. He would have Adam Driver would have to go over to his phone every time, and if it's not them calling, yeah. then he's answering. You know. And Plus I guess they didn't also, know what it was gonna turn into. Right. Right. And then they also you have because then if you switch it because the. The characters in the film comment on like you sound kind of different in person you know what i mean mm-hmm. 
if they switched, they would maybe would have noticed the difference, you know, like, cause it's one thing to be like, okay, some people do sound different on the phone. You yeah. Know? So it's one are. thing, but then to hear both of them talk on the phone, their voices really aren't that similar. Mm-mm. There's a certain amount of like suspending disbelief regarding that. I got yeah. over it pretty quick, but well, watching the trailer, I was like, how is this going to work? Cause these guys don't sound alike. But you yeah. kind of just like Deep take it for what it least, is. But... Oh my gosh, that scene, the first scene where Adam Driver's trying to learn how to speak like Ron. That was oh, real yeah. was so good. This movie was really funny too. It was like, it was really in that some, scene where like, I was like, I'm moments. like enjoying this movie so much more than I thought I was going to. That was where I first started to feel those those twings of five star. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> did your uh did your theaters uh at the end um clap you probably know what i'm no. talking about no but there was a uh, no they were the they were end. dead silent during the phone call at the end oh well no one clapped at my theater there was a character in my my showing he was pretty over the top the entire movie a lot of clapping um after like every punchline or whatever um some hoots some hollers and he walked out for the the last three minutes did he yeah it was interesting hmm. did you catch up with them hmm? did you catch up with them after the film no he didn't want to get <laughs> out of there he was there with the person and interesting. the other person stayed hmm. so he like wanted to leave even though he was having a good time or maybe he just had to really had to use the bathroom and he thought it was just the credits or maybe okay. it was so sudden i was like has this guy already seen this movie once <laughs> Because he knew exactly when he wanted to leave, and he did it very suddenly. Huh. I ha- I mean, so, I don't think this is the same thing, but some people do leave a couple minutes before the movie ends just to like beat the crowd, which is yeah. But he was silly, having but... like a like over the top good time with the movie. Yeah, but it is kind of funny because I saw people leaving at the Meg when there was like a few minutes left, and it's, it's so weird for people not to finish the movie. They're like. Oh, I saw the resolution. I don't need to see, you know, the little wrap up afterwards and they just peace out. It's like so weird to me. It's like yeah. you just spent this much time like just finish the fucking book. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like the theater's that crowded. I mean, where you're gonna be like, you know, mm-hmm. backed up in there for like an extended period of time. Yeah. It's not like getting out of a parking lot after like a Seahawks game or something. It's totally a fucking movie theater. But anyways. did they clap in your showing? Mm-hmm. There were claps at the very end, like once the credits started rolling, and that moment, there's a moment at the end where it's basically like payoff for the whole movie as far as... The phone call? The phone call that at the end. was one of the best parts of the movie. It was really funny, but people yeah. were like <laughs> clapping and hollering and stuff at that part, but then also people clapped like once the credits started too. Yeah. Anyone else uh, have anything to contribute? Come on, five stars. <laughs> Let's hear it. <laughs> Said my piece. I really liked um, Mr. Washington. Mm-hmm. He's no Denzel. No. This is a pretty young, though. I mean, Nobody is, though. I know. He's the greatest <laughs> actor of all time. I don't think he'll ever be Denzel either, though. No, but I mean, the same thing. Uh, fucking Wyatt Russell is never going to be Kurt Russell, but I still love the guy. Yeah. And uh, Scott Eastwood will never be Clint Eastwood. <laughs> <laughs> never. <laughs> Not in a million years. Are we heralding Clint Eastwood now? As, uh, <laughs> Come true, on. True American hero. Phenomenal he's got actor. some swagger, though. And Scott yeah, Eastwood has nothing got... but like pretty blue eyes. Yeah. 
Those eyes are pretty, though. They are. Um, I'm curious to watch more. I've seen a few Spike Lee joints, but this is my favorite of them for sure. I saw Chirac. I wasn't crazy about it. I want to watch that one next, I think. Um, Do the right thing. It's better than well, yeah. this and Blind. Chirac is on, Ira- or, it's on Iraq. It's on Amazon. <laughs> Iraq streaming. How about uh, He Got Game? Have you seen that? Uh-uh. Ooh, With Jesus Shuttlesworth? Nope. A young Ray Allen. I did. Uh, I did buy Inside Man off of you, though. Oh yeah. I know that doesn't really tie into his uh, kind of the the theme of his. He did that. His work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Weird. Did you see that? Maybe. Oh. Is that Denzel? Yeah, he's in it. So is Clive Owen, mm. and uh, I think Jodie Foster. Maybe. We should also say I think it's it's really cool that this movie from this filmmaker is coming out at this time. You know what I mean? Like here's a guy who has made a career out of trying to shed light on these kind of issues. And then now 30 plus years deep into his career, he has the opportunity, unfortunate opportunity to have to make this movie, but it couldn't, it couldn't be more timely. This felt like either a career revitalizing moment or like a, a swan song. A swan song, yeah. for sure. Yeah. I mean, I'll be curious to see. Uh, his work in recent years hasn't been super well-received. I mean, I know Chirac was was pretty well-received, generally speaking. But yeah. prior to that, like, I don't even know what he what he did. Old he did Boy. That, uh, yeah, remake. the Old Boy remake, the Sills, not Sills Maria. The, Miracle at St. Anna. Yeah, Miracle at St. Anna. I know both those didn't do that well critically, I don't think. Mm-mm. Um. I've only seen a few of his things, but I would say Do the Right Thing is by far my favorite. Not White Man Can't Jump? He didn't do that. <laughs> but I do love that movie. Did he not do that? No. no. I thought that was him. Uh-uh. No. It's got the same kind of energy. It's a, it's a great movie, though. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Does that hold up? I don't know, but I, I, I used to be since high school. one of my favorites back in the day. Oh, fucking, he did Malcolm X, too. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Recent, uh, recent, uh, filmography here. Does, does sweet blood of Jesus. <laughs> what? It's an actual He did feature some length. documentary on, uh, Hurricane Katrina, I think. He did, uh, one on Rodney King too. He's done a couple, uh, a couple documentaries in recent years. I feel like he hasn't really been in the spotlight though in a while. Old Boy, some movie called Red Hook Summer, Passing Strange, Miracle at St. Anna, Inside Man, She Hate Me, 25th Hour, Bamboozle. 25th Hour is good. Summer of Sam, is that the, it's about the Son of Sam killer, I'm assuming? I think so, yeah. I've heard that's good. Anyway. He's back. I yeah I I love this movie. I was a big fan. It was good. I wasn't honestly. I wasn't that excited for it after seeing the trailer, and still think it's a good movie, but it just wasn't there for me. All right. Anything else before we drop some star ratings on this? No. No. Whoa. Jesus. Uh, five out of five for me. Five stars. Four stars. So just because they all came out in such quick succession and they are explore similar themes. Time to rank. If you're going to rank them, 
Black Klansman blind spotting. Sorry to bother you. What about Get Out? Can we add that one? I mean, you can if you want. <laughs> I was mostly just talking this summer, but all right, fine. Let's, let's do Get, Get Out too there. for fun. Yeah, Funsies. for fun. Com- real, really complicate things. Ooh, that is complicated. Yeah. Um, it's Black Klansman, Get Out, blind spotting. Sorry to bother you, Tom. I I have a really hard time with Black Klansman and and Get Out. They're one and two. I'm not sure which order. And then I do Sorry to Bother You and then Blind Spotting. Blind Spotting below Sorry to Bother Oh, yeah, because you liked yeah, okay. Right. Uh, right. I think I'll go Get Out, Blind Spotting, Sorry to Bother You. Black Klansman, Sorry to Bother You. <laughs> cool. Well, it's official. I don't know what's official, but I think I gave them official. both four stars. I hope I did. Yeah, I think. Sorry, I well, I gave sorry to bother you at three and a half. Did you I go one above me? He, gave he it was a four, a four and, and a half. half. Yeah, that sounds right. I think I started my review with I'm right in the middle. Of yeah. You guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Well, let's get into what else we've been watching. Uh, Travis, did you want to start with uh, the big thing you've been watching? Tom watched some of it too. Fuck yeah, dude. You started it too? Last Chance You. Last Chance You. Last Chance You is the best thing I've ever watched. I'm in early <laughs> I'm in early season two, so I have not... Oh, uh, but you've seen the whole first season. Yeah, it was fucking it's great. It's great, right? Yeah. I used to not understand binge watching television until I watched Last Chance You. Took you that you long? binge watched anything up not until really. this? No, not really. What about like Stranger Things? Didn't you binge watch that? Like the first season? No. I mean, I would watch an episode here and there, but I wouldn't watch like multiple episodes in one day. But this thing, I was like... Who are you, man? I got to get to the end of this. I watch like nine hours of movies in a day, but binge watching is new to you. It is, yeah, it is. And I used to like kind of like <laughs> make fun of people who binge watch television. But then once I started Last Chance You, I could not get enough. Yeah. Interesting. Well, do we want to start with season one, episode one? or <laughs> Yeah, let's do this. <laughs> well, do you have a favorite season? It's tough. So, Matt, you said that season three was your least favorite and also maybe your favorite. Uh, yeah. I Love, s- hate. I'm curious to why you no, I still say lo- that I now it, that I've yeah. seen it. Like, why would it be your favorite? Mm. Like, I'm all about those EMCC boys, so... <laughs> I really liked the way that the story was framed... <laughs> I thought the like I thought, I thought the football was really good, but I feel like that it really came into its own as far as not just being about football. They spent a lot of time with the townspeople. The spotlight, um, like the nerdy kid who like makes the rap video for them. You oh, know, right. they actually go to the kids' hometowns, which I don't remember. Do they do that in the first season or two? Um, they like actually go to the hometowns of the kids. They, I think so. In season one, they follow a couple kids who like have to sit out the week for whatever reason. Maybe they're injured or they have some sort of other thing going on, and they like go home for the weekend or something. And they would go with them. Oh, okay. Like DJ, the running back, they went to his hometown. Okay. Yeah. I just really liked the way that they tie in. Like, for me, season three is most embracing just small town America and just being about people and not as much about football. I also like uh, season three because it's 
like you have these facilities at EMCC, which are like state of the art, really nice. And then these guys are playing on like a shitty practice field with like yeah. new facilities. They show that like one of the goalposts is missing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they've been just like a shit team for like the last 30 years. Yeah. So I enjoyed I enjoyed that aspect of it. But as mm-hmm. I said, the coach, I don't want to talk too much about it since I didn't realize Tom was, was in it, but... You, you mentioned so, last time that you had a really hard time with the coach, and yeah, and, and I have a feeling you will, you will too. See, Did you not? I didn't like. It's hard to say who's like a a bigger asshole. Or it's like, not hard at all. The, the second the second guy is way more of an asshole. <laughs> but than Buddy. he also has more redeeming moments than Buddy has. Like, Does he? Buddy I mean, is less of a consistent asshole, but he's rarely ever like praising his players or like giving them like credit for anything. He's always talking down to them. For the most part, Every he once says in a while, really nice things after the games, but they feel so fake. Right, and he's it's like, kind of "I'm really proud of you guys." It's like, no, you're not, you fucking <laughs> perfectionist. Yeah, because he, yeah, he wants his team to be the best, and he wants them to win seventy to nothing every time. And even when they're winning, he's not ever like praising their performance. At the end, he's like, "You did a great job," because you know now the stress is over right. with. But like the season three coach, he goes out of his way to say like. I fucked up. Like that was a bad call on me. Like it's up to you guys to like get us back in this now. Like buddy never like took fault for anything. Well, he had to say that because he could tell his kids were not respecting him. I never got the sense that buddy's players never respected him. They just, you know, made some bad calls, but like, especially early on in the season, like his kids are constantly talking shit about him and now they think his program is like a mess it's pretty like, funny like some three? of that stuff though like when they go to i think a division one college and they're like in a room with a podium and they're like pretending to be certain people and they're like now do you coach whatever his name is and like they just nail him to a t yeah. that was really funny um but i mean since you guys have both seen season one yeah. so like it's, it's the football's good. really get, good. Dude, Everything is really. good. I get hyped for the games. Oh right? yeah. There's a couple episodes where you get two games in a single episode. I think like halfway through, and I'm like, "Fuck yeah, I'm gonna get to see two games because <laughs> they're exciting, you know." And you get really nervous. Yeah. It's like oh shit. No, yeah. And the you games get two point conversion do Ugh. get super intense. I like. I kind of wish the NFL or like another you know, like football program would spend time like they do red zone. It's called NFL Red Zone. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, not just like about the football, but like I feel like football would be more like, like engaging if you actually got some more backstory behind people and like the real stuff that they deal with, and not just like these like phony interviews that you get from like that are all just like textbook style interviews. They do that very sporadically. Um, like they'll. It's usually like they'll do that with like JJ Watts. Like they'll follow him. But in even his then, it just feels so like it's the fabricated NFL, dude. and like, like yeah, it's it's like everything's too clean and neat. You know, like this is like real shit that these kids are dealing with. But like I, re- it's like super inspirational. Like I love uh, Miss Brittany, Brittany, uh, Brittany Wagner. Yeah, yeah, she's great. Like all of her relationships with her kids. Like that's like the like meat and potatoes of season one and two. Totally. Um, but yeah, the, the football's awesome. Um, I, in season three, they did this weird thing where, I don't know if you remember this episode, I think it was like episode five. 
Yeah, you're talking about the one where they... That's like the... It's like the only episode where they keep cutting back to the game and like backstory of players. Yeah, I mentioned that episode specifically oh, when okay. we talked last. Which season? Yeah. I don't remember. In season three. I don't remember you talking mm-hmm. about it, but that kind of bugged me because it took I me out that. of the game. Like each time it took me out of the game and I'm like, what is going to happen next? Yeah, because you're just going to leave you in suspense. Cause <laughs> it's, it's a crazy game, Tom, whenever you get there. I'm going to get there. I'm oh, not yeah. stopping. Yeah. Have you been binging it too, Tom? Yeah, I was, well, I binged season one real hard because Sarah was gone for the weekend. Oh, so this is a this is a so, no, non Sarah show. Well, she did watch a couple episodes with me, but there are just other things that sh- she would rather watch. <laughs> sure. I think we're gonna go through seasons one and two of Insecure because I watched. I've like listened to a lot of the episode mm-hmm. episodes while I play video games. She'll watch Insecure, but uh, last night we watched the season three premiere and that show is just really funny and good so i think we might go through the first two together mm-hmm. nice it'll make her happy you know yeah make <laughs> one for the team i'm not really that interested but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. anything else on uh, last um, chance you everyone should watch it i mean yeah i i feel like everyone would enjoy this like even if you're not a football fan i f- still feel like there's a lot to like grasp onto. yeah i mean like I said, Sarah watched a couple episodes. She doesn't give a flying fuck about football, and because you get she so invested it. in these kids, and like this is literally like all they have. And yeah, it. I really liked how, especially in seasons one and two, they touched on like this is like all they have. But then like the kids go out of their way to not do what they're supposed to do. But like, and you can like sit there and like judge them, but like that's like human nature. Like you always are you always are like gravitating towards the things that you shouldn't be doing to better your life or whatever. And like, it really just like got me thinking like, you know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about? Or Oh yeah, totally. They're so frustrating. Uh, That's yeah. What makes like, for the great drama. Yeah. Like all you have to do is go to class and like pass with a C and I'm sure the teachers yeah. are like so forgiving. Like, oh my God. You just yes. show up and you're going to pass, but they just don't, they don't even have anything else better to do. They just like, they just don't do it. But like, there's certain things like yeah. I'm taking a college class right now and like I have plenty of time to do my homework, but I always like put it off and I'm just like constantly putting it off. These guys are on it. a different level like, though. I mean, no, I know but there's you a can, few, but you don't, they, they don't really get the spotlight because they're doing okay. But the kids who are not, it's right. like, you don't have a pencil. You didn't have a pencil last time. You don't have a pencil this time. You're never going to have a fucking pencil. <laughs> so I have to baby you and bring you a pencil every day. And it's like, oh my god, holy yeah. shit! Yeah, uh, I mean, but it's like easy to judge them, but at the same yeah. time, like, but then at the end of the, the year, same kind of shit though. Somebody, not going to spoil it, but somebody gets an A in one of their classes, and they're like through the roof about it, and it's you know, then you start crying. Yeah, that was a good moment. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, can't recommend it enough. Thanks for uh, finally forcing it on to me. I don't know. I didn't watch it sooner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When is season four? <laughs> Can't come soon enough. Unless um, they're counting that season four is the EMCC and life after. I hope I hope they plan to keep doing the show. They got to. I mean, it's like it's I think it's successful for them, right? Like I have no idea. I don't really hear anyone talking about it. Really? No. Every, me like, neither. Any stuff I was looking up about Last Chance U was like, it's all the, very positive. The Netflix hit, you know, TV series. Yeah. So, and I, there's got to be a million schools that are ripe for this kind of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm curious if they're going to, if they're, if they'll do a season two 
with him. Yeah. Or if they'll spotlight another school, another junior college. I don't know. But anyway, I will watch it for sure. All right. What else you guys got? I don't have much. Um, Tom's got a lot of heavy hitters. I do have a lot. You, you've been... Well, lurking, lurking I know you watched Midnight Cowboy. I know you watched The Raid 2. And I know you watched The Tree of Life. Those are all... Stealing his thunder. <laughs> we haven't talked about Midnight Cowboy yet. I didn't get a chance to you watch it. You didn't watch it? <clears throat> Should I save it for when you've seen it? Or what? If you want, yeah. I mean, no. I'll definitely... No, do it now. <laughs> okay. It's been what a couple weeks. It's so. Matt's fault. <laughs> Let me think. Um, Why do you watch it, Matt? Come on, you had two weeks. Dude, I was too busy watching I Am a Killer. <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. Oh, is that that new Netflix show? Yeah. Okay. A ne- you watch two new Netflix shows? <laughs> yeah. I Am a Killer and Dark Tourist? I... On. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, shit. Dark Tourist. Did you finish that? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> binge watching TV, dude. All right. Midnight Cowboy. Um, I'm a cowboy. I was super into it. I liked it a lot. We watched it with a couple friends. Um, my favorite part about it is the buddy relationship, you know, the friendship between the, the two guys, um, Dustin Hoffman and John Voight. Uh also, you know, a pretty stylish movie, really gritty, you the, know. I forgot to mention last time, but the editing of that movie is yes. pretty awesome. Actually, I thought it was kind of bad. What? But <laughs> it felt pioneering. Yeah, like it's... There There are scenes, like there's one in particular where they're at a party. Yeah, and they're it's at like really... a club, and it's like super trippy. Is that what you're talking about? There, no? It's not a, it's like a house party or something, but it feels 60s trippy, like there's new drugs out. You know, people are doing LSD for the first time or whatever the fuck they were doing. And uh, and like John Voight picks up a what he thinks is a cigarette and then it's just puffing on this J for like 20 minutes. <laughs> and it's hilarious. Um, but it has that kind of chaotic, frenetic, you know, image changes that at the time i'm sure not many movies had done or or whatever uh, looking back i'm like okay this is not super sophisticated <laughs> modern movies do this much better but i was trying to watch it in in context well and also this stuff with like his like sister and mom and stuff or you know what i'm talking about where they would like kind of just like sprinkle that throughout the movie but they were never right. explicit about yeah, like they didn't explain what was going on there no that was his girlfriend though mm-hmm. not his sister right I forget exactly. Yeah. Who, but it called back to a couple different. Well, he was having sex with her in a car, so. Okay, maybe not her sister. (laughs) But I I remember them calling back to like family members and like. Yeah. Yeah. Past. Um, And then there's the motif of Florida too, like with the oranges and everything. I thought that. I don't know. It's just it's it's a cool movie. I I don't really know what else to say about it, but I'm really curious to hear what your thoughts are. Um, I gave it four and a half stars. Mm. So mm-hmm. what held it back? Uh, it just wasn't. I mean, it's dated. That doesn't. It matters. No, that doesn't mean anything. Yes, it does. How is it dated? I thought like it, like it's a perfect time capsule. You can't appreciate it. I do level. appreciate it as a time capsule, but it's just not as entertaining as. A modern film. Nothing was holding it back, but maybe it just didn't take that yeah, next I guess not. step yeah. into five-star territory. You know what yeah. I'm saying? 
the visuals, the ending, none of fun. I really liked it visually. It looked sure. that Blu-ray. Come on. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the bluest. Oh man. Um, you should watch it. You're gonna like it. I will. Well, you own it, so you yeah, better. I do, I do. Otherwise, you're just like a Criterion poser, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> did I tell you guys that I watched Creep? I actually watched this before no. our last show, but I forgot to put it in my diary. Uh-uh. Creep is fucking awesome. Right? Creep is awesome. <laughs> it was <laughs> so weird. Like, it's uncomfortable. It's, it's so uncomfortable. And then it gets like, pretty legitimately thrilling toward the end yeah like, it's kind of scary i was man i mean i don't think this is ruining it for anybody this it's been out for a long time so i'm just gonna fucking say it mm-hmm. when he puts on that mask and he's in front of the door swishing his hips back oh, and yeah. forth i'm like what the <laughs> f- <laughs> i would have been so fucking terrified in that moment if that had been me but i am we watched it with um uh, with our friends and we've already planned we're gonna have another double date and watch creep 2 yes uh because it's just like you have to see the second one after that <clears throat> there's no going back i do really like how especially in the first one the whole time you're thinking why is this guy still here but yes like, mark duplass does just enough to like he is so <laughs> good in that movie yeah. mark duplass kills it in that movie he's like uh i don't know He's just towing that line of insanity to such a degree. Yeah. And that scene where he's at the top of the stairs, right, as they come back, like they come back to the house around nightfall, and the guy who's documenting the whole experience says, you know, I'm going to take off. It's a long drive. And he's at the top of the stairs with the light behind him, so you can't see his face. And he's like, oh, really? I thought, you know, you'd come in and we'd have a, we'd have a nightcap, a little glass of whiskey, you know, to celebrate our wonderful day. And I'm just like, oh fuck, don't do it. <laughs> Is it. So the first one, he takes a bath, right? That happens yes, in the first one. Very early in very the Very uncomfy. Oh my goodness. I think everybody should watch that. It's on Netflix. It's super easy. Um and it's not like gory or anything. So No, no. Yeah, that movie is pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Um you want me to go, or you got something else you want to knock out? Oh, let me see how much I have left. Raid 2, Tree of Life, and Blue Velvet. Was Blue Velvet a first time watch for you? No, second time watch. Mm, okay. Well, Sorry, we can uh, we can come back to that one. Um, I, real quick, um, two TV shows. I've alluded to binge watching them. Yeah. Uh, there. One is Dark Tourist. Which is a Netflix original show. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember? I don't know if you watched it or not. Tickled, the documentary. No, but I've heard of it. It's a documentary about tickling, right? Yes, like uh, uh, it's an HBO documentary. It starts out where he's it's this uh, uh, documentarian from New Zealand named David Ferrier, and he's investigating, or he's just doing a documentary about. It's, I guess it's competitive tickling. It's not really competitive, but they like these very attractive men will hold them down and they just try and like tickle them until they like can't stand it anymore. So he investigates this and then it just gets fucking crazy from there. It's like a crazy conspiracy and it's hmm. nuts. This is his new show. So the concept of dark tourism is it's a show. It's a travel show where he travels to places that are, uh, 
renowned for like death and disaster. So apparently there's like a budding dark tourism scene where people are going places that other people wouldn't go or that have a really dark history. So like like Cambodia. Uh there's not an episode in Cambodia, I don't think. Yeah, no, I don't think he goes to Cambodia. But like so for example, the first episode, which I think is the best episode if you're really trying to get like a, an idea of what the show is all about, mm-hmm. he does South America. Mm-hmm. So he goes to just all of it. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's, so each episode is three different places. It's like each episode is like 45 minutes, you know, like okay. normal, but it's like three different little vignettes, you Got know. It. Kind of like if you watch like uh so Parts like Unknown, a... like Anthony Bourdain, Diners, Drive-ins and Dives. Yeah. Three restaurants. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Perfect frame of reference. Uh, but... except it's it's uh graveyards, <laughs> cemeteries. <laughs> So, but like, for example, so the South America episode, he goes to Mexico City and he talks, talks, talks to narcos, like actual like dudes who are in like, or were in the drug trade Mm -hmm. and used to be like chummy with Pablo Escobar and shit. And like, you're constantly thinking shit's going to go sideways. Like he's talking to like legitimate murderers. And he is he alone or does he have a film crew? He's got a film crew, but it's a small film crew. Mm-hmm. And he it, it makes you really uncomfortable because he like kind of pushes his subjects. Like he says things where you're like, why? Just stop it. Like, why would you say that? You know, because <laughs> he's trying to like kind of egg them on and like ask probing questions. But they don't always like the questions he asks, you know, so it's like. Uh, he goes on this tour that's like a simulated border crossing. So it's this guy who like takes these people and they simulate, like they have like a fake ambush where these people in mass come and like point guns at people and just like weird dark tours and shit like people that. People do that? Mm-hmm. I thought it was just like going to places where bad things had happened. No, no. He'll act, it's actual like know there museums, was like... like actual tours and stuff. Like in the very last episode. LARPing. There's a fucking crazy haunted house thing. It's this guy who does like extreme, like torture haunted houses. He makes you sits down with you for eight hours and makes you sign all this paperwork. And he tells you like, you're going to be hurt. I'm going to hurt you basically. And they show clips online, people doing it. And he's like, you know, those, um, have you ever seen those Ellen DeGeneres clips where she makes people put those things in their mouth so their lips don't touch and then they have to like read things and it sounds like swear words? Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen those clips? I know what that device is. It's There's a board game that has those. Is there? Those, okay. I forget what the board game's called. But. Like he, he, this guy makes people wear these and he like dunks their head in water and like won't let them out. He like whips people, beats them. Like it's fucking crazy sounds relaxed so he just it's just like it's a whole show about just like crazy shit like that it's real entertaining super bingeable because each episode is like there's eight episodes and i think two of them are in the united states and the rest is like south america asia europe um i don't think he goes to australia but are the people fully aware of like what's going on as far as like they're being filmed for a show yes but he's not always honest about what he's doing oh like, there's one episode where they go to Kazakhstan, I think, and they're, they're a very secretive nation, so he poses as a sports journalist because they're doing, like, some, like, 
Pan-Asian American games or something. There's some crazy stuff in this show. It's, it's really entertaining. I um, I don't know how to feel about how interested I am in this. It, really? It sounds interesting. No, I mean, like, I'm very interested, and I feel like I shouldn't be, because it's, like, weird, weird shit. Oh, yeah. I mean, he draws, he goes some places that like, you will never see, like, on any other TV show, you know? Mm -hmm. Re really interesting stuff. He goes to, like, radiated places. Like, he doesn't go to Chernobyl, but he goes to... Dang it. ...someplace like it, you know, <laughs> that's even more irradiated than Chernobyl. It's <laughs> the, the whole shimmer. <laughs> um, yeah, so... That's Dark Tourist, and then the other <laughs> uh, reality, not reality TV, documentary series I've been binge watching is uh, I Am a Killer. Oh, I did see that pop up. Each episode spotlights uh, an individual or individuals on death row for a crime. So it's, it's really interesting because it kind of runs the gamut of like, Someone who's on death row, who should they be on death row? Maybe should, you know, like that kind of thing. But also like real fucked up people who what, deserve what to be on death doc row. have you not watched on Netflix? <laughs> <laughs> Knocking them all down one at a time. Um, this one, it's really good though, because it, it's, it, it sounds weird to say it out loud, but they try to humanize murderers. Not every episode is like that, but there are these people who are genuinely remorseful and who like want to learn and make a difference and feel like genuine regret for what they did, you know? And they interview the families and you hear about the case and all the crazy circumstances. So it's like nothing special, but you know, for any of you bloodhounds out there who are into murder docs, it's, <laughs> it's a good watch. I mean, I'm always interested, right? <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty well done too. I mean, you know, it's hmm. filmed well. It's almost all of the cases are in Texas, because I don't know if you guys know this, but Texas executes a shitload of people, yep. relatively <laughs> speaking anyway. It's not like it's not like tens of thousands of people, but, you know, it's like most of the people on death row are on death row in Texas. Well, they're a big state. A lot of people Also, they just fucking like killing people. Yeah. <laughs> Capital murder. <laughs> Kill them all. <laughs> um, so, yeah. That's mostly it for me. I got two things that kind of go hand in hand. You guys started watching Queer Eye yet? Do I? I thought I you started did. watching it weeks ago. Did you finish it yet, Matt? No. Oh. Kind of fell off. I've been binge watching all these dark murder you shows. You need to balance it out. You got to get some happy that. tears out. I should be doing that. <laughs> not just some terrified, <laughs> I have not been it. terrified tears. Did you at least watch that first episode I told you to watch no. on Queer Eye? <sighs> I would be interested, but at this point, I think Chelsea already watched it all. So Watch it yourself. Yeah. Uh, They're so like good. A prime, like Chelsea and I watch. Well, She'll probably rewatch them. So. Hmm? She'll probably rewatch them. That's how good they she are. She probably will. Yeah, that's true. There's a bonus episode on on YouTube. Better than yeah. Last Chance You? Uh, no. <laughs> I there are many episodes that are better. I'm kidding. I mean, it's but like, as a whole, probably two completely not. different shows. Uh, yeah, I, I, Last Chance You is a quote-unquote better show but there are moments in queer eye that it's like can't be touched like yeah it's just like the emotional resonance like just it's it'll make you feel really good yeah you know what i mean it might make you cry but it's just such a warm honest show you who's your favorite mean? uh okay my favorite is jonathan yes 
Did you hate him at first? No, no. I hated him at first. What, really? Yeah. Well, kind like in the first half, you, you kind of got to get used to him. You got to get He's used to him. He's a lot. Okay, hate is a strong word, but I was like, this guy bugs me. Yes. He's he's the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anthony, though. Second best. Oh, God. That guy. <laughs> I think everybody agrees. His eyes, his smile. <laughs> like, oh, fuck me up. Sarah calls him a like a young John Mayer. He's way more attractive than John Mayer. Yeah. A young John Mayer? Oh, like a cute, boyish John Mayer. John Mayer is already cute and boyish. Whatever. <laughs> he looks like John Mayer. Anyway. No, I see it. I see it. All right. What have you, what have you been watching, Travis? Yeah, knock him out. I got two things to... Is this a new record? Well, only two things? I watched like four or five things, but oh. <laughs> I probably only talk about two of them. Keep in mind, I watched like... 30 episodes of Last Chance You or however many there are. <laughs> <laughs> I've been that's busy, true. Okay? That's true. <laughs> we should be measuring you in hours. Oh, yeah. I probably watched the most television this week. Man. I don't know. This guy went through like two whole shows. Oh, well, I'm not comparing myself to Matt. All right. Regardless. Okay. So I saw Hearts Beat Loud at Crest Cinema. Mm-hmm. Maybe it came out this year with Nick Offerman. Yeah. Oh, that came and went. Yeah, about the father daughter band. Yeah, very middle of the road. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mm. Too bad. Not too much drama. I don't know. It's just very generic. Like it's just like one of those movies where, you know, it's just no eighth grade. No. Is it like it's a definitely not eighth grade? <laughs> is it like a Sundance puff piece? Like just kind of quirky. It feels like not that. really that. Uh, thematically interesting, just kind of. Oh, it's a guy's dad and his daughter who's turned a band. Ooh. Yeah, and the, the whole drama is like his wife and her mother passed away, so that like creates a little bit of drama. And like, basically, she's on her way off to college, and then her dad is like running a like a struggling record store. So like, it touches on like the state of like the music business and all that, and. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of meh. Hmm. I don't really even have much to say about it, but it kind of just, it hits the same beats as a lot of other movies I've seen. Man, if I hear that a movie involves a band, like the main characters are in a band, I'm instantly on the outs with it. There's a couple. Dude, Frank. What about Frank? Frank was cool. Frank's (laughs) weird. Sing Street? Didn't watch it. Oh, Sing Street was so good. I know, once? everybody says that, but I was like so not really one. Never seen that. once? No? What's that? Gotta it's watch both of those. Same guy who did Sing Street. I, have, I mean, I have my, I know when this I'm wrong. This is Spinal Tap? I know when I'm wrong. Movie sucks. For Get example, <laughs> uh, School of Rock. Okay, yeah, yeah that's a great <laughs> music movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, not much to say other than it was very... Nah. Okay. Worth a watch at least, or not even like. Yeah, I gave it three stars. If that does anything for you. Oh, okay, sure. Like not a terrible waste of time, but didn't do anything special. Okay. Yeah. And then I watched uh, Jurassic Park three. <laughs> Been uh, slowly watching the trilogy. I love the that original movie. trilogy Dude. when I was younger. I really like that movie. Even now. so? Yeah. yeah. Nice. Like it's <laughs> it's probably the dumbest of the three. 
What like happened? The first three. Do they end up in the city in Jurassic Park three? No, no. It's almost like a rehash of the second one, just without the city. Who is in that one? Sam Neill, William yeah. H Macy, what? Uh, Tia Leone. Oh, Leone. I, I forgot to bring up another movie. I want. <laughs> <laughs> is it uh, in your series of uh, steamy flicks? No, or, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Except that movie is a little steamy. What Jurassic Park three or no, the, the one movie that I just thought one. of? Oh. But anyways, Jurassic Park three, probably the dumbest. Um, but a lot of good set pieces, and it's only an hour and a half. So dude, you love dude, those run times, do that. If you can keep it under a hundred minutes, dude, it's will, an automatic half star yeah. boost. <laughs> that will make or break a movie. Some, I uh, yeah, I think it's even more extreme than that. That extra twenty or thirty minutes is just too much filler. Get it out. We don't. We don't need that. We <laughs> Some want, people do. You know, we want dinosaurs. They need a little bit of a preamble. Yeah, John Dealman. You fucking love. That's a different beast. <laughs> oh my god! It's a special thing. I wouldn't even say that's a film. Oh my god! Okay, it's an experience. I'm telling you, it's a you, love man. letter to all mothers out there. Just love predetermined letter. destiny. Yeah. What love letter were you talking about? Yeah. It's like a yeah, a love letter. How else do I say it? Dude, it's a fucking transcription on a coffin to all the mothers out there. What are you talking what? about? <laughs> this is what you have to look forward to, mothers. No, but it's fucking like, monotony, it's, boring. No, it's putting, bullshit. It's putting it in the like spotlight. It's like a that's not what a love letter is. No, I know it's like a <laughs> like a homage or like not an homage, but like a, you're paying like respect or tribute to something dedicated to all the mamas out there. Is what yeah. you're saying. That's what I just said, didn't I? You said call it a love letter. Yeah. What? You guys. You did call it a love letter. <laughs> yeah. These I know what you're saying. I'm just, giving, I'm just giving you flack. I'm pretty sure the director even said that herself, was that it a was a love, love letter, letter to her mother. You don't think it was a, a reality, like a wake-up call to society that this is how we treat mothers? Okay. Maybe love letter is too fluffy of a term, but the, like... I still think it works. Just like we in are Jurassic Park 3. getting a real sidetracked right You guys here. don't think so? It's definitely not a love letter. I haven't seen it. It's a letter. <laughs> it's a letter to the mother's To Congress. <laughs> it's a letter to Congress about motherhood. It's a serious note. And <laughs> Jurassic Park 3 is short, which is good. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, and the dinosaurs actually look pretty good. Yeah, what's the what's the name of that uh, that new dinosaur, the spiky one, the Spinosaurus? Is that what it's called? I think so. Spinosaurus. Oh, that was stupid. What? No, that dinosaur, dinosaur was dope. Doesn't matter. <sighs> it doesn't matter. Not it's made up dinosaurs in Jurassic World. Too. Yeah. Name one. Indoraptor. With a smart Velociraptor. He yeah. hasn't. That seen doesn't count. Fallen Kingdom. Oh, oh well, yeah, yeah. How about the Indominus Rex? Indominus Rex. A super T Rex. That's stupid. Anyways, I think Jurassic Park 3 is a lot of fun. Doesn't overstay its welcome. Um, looks good. Effects are good. Good stuff. Hmm. Nice. I need to pick those up. Yeah. I, I own Jurassic Park, but that's it. I got the trilogy. Sarah still hasn't seen the first one. Really? Yeah. Um, one of my ex-girlfriends, she had never seen Jurassic Park. And for like a year and a half, I was like, I, I, I went out of my way to buy it. I was like, we got to watch this. We got to watch this. And I broke up. 
Mm. She got away. Ouch. Dude. Although I think she did eventually catch up with it. Actually, I will say that I think I actually prefer Jurassic Park 3 to Lost Jurassic World? Park Lost World. Ooh. Not by much, but if gun to my head. And I think the reason why... <laughs> <laughs> I am so picturing this right now. Give me your honest answer. I'll know if you're lying. Jurassic Park 3! <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, I think... Two gets a little bit of a free pass because it's Spielberg, and people like to shit on the third one because it's not Spielberg. See, I've always been in the three over two camp. Hell yeah! But I've like I feel like you're just validating me because I was always felt so much shame about that, and now like we need to start like a like a club or something, a coalition. Dude, everyone hates Jurassic Park three. I (laughs) like on my letterbox nothing above three stars. Really? Come on, people, it's not that bad. Have you seen Fallen Dude, Kingdom? All it takes, <laughs> all it takes, is a couple people being like, you know what's underrated? This movie, and then it just it gets people out of the closet. You know, oh, yeah. we need to get people out of the Jurassic Park three closet, out into the open. I'm out. <laughs> is there a I'm is Jurassic Park two also have the thing hanging off the cliff scene? Yes, that that, that scene is pretty dope. Yes, that's the best scene in the movie. I can't remember three at all. Anyway. Maybe you want me to give you a quick uh, plot synopsis? Maybe just a couple highlights that I might there remember. There are dinosaurs. So the movie they starts... They rampant. A, a kid and a uh, family friend are parasailing through this, you know, island or whatever. Yeah. Shit goes down. Oh. They They crash or whatever. And then the parents of the kid want to go rescue him. Okay. And then they bring on uh, Dr. Grant. Mm-hmm. And they kind of uh, they kind of con him into going to the island. It's good stuff. Nice. He's like, oh no, when he's on the boat and the mist clears. He's like, I didn't know we were going to this island. Turn back now. Well, Is it like that? It's funny because he, he kind of makes a comment where he's like, nothing will we're ever, all gonna die. Nothing will ever take me back to the island. And then probably within the next 15 minutes or so they're he's in like, a helicopter <laughs> they're like this check can say any amount of money and he's like all right mm. <laughs> it's bad no expense yeah. <laughs> but yeah good stuff all fuck right. all the haters oh yeah well when it's streaming i'll watch it i got the whole trilogy on blu-ray if you want to dive in well now that i'm all caught up on my on my loners Mm. Yeah, you can check out up to three now. (laughs) (laughs) It's limited to two before, but whatever. Got my rep up. Got anything else? No. Oh, I watched Bad Boys last night. Tia Leone was the... uh... Yeah, She's in that movie? She's the, like... It's been a long time since I've seen She's the main girl in it. Is she? Yeah. Like Martin Lawrence? Wait. No, it's like... There's an event that occurs. I don't she, even remember what she's happens. Like, in she's Bad like Boys. the witness, basically, for in Bad Boys. You Drawing know? a blank. Oh. I don't even remember what happened. Like, what event are you talking about? What happens in Bad Boys? Well, there's. It's like a you know crime drama procedural type thing, and is it like a is she witness to a murder or like yeah, a, like her friend basically gets murdered by the bad guys and then the bad boys are on the case. Ah. Uh, so she's in like witness protection the whole time. Okay. Did not realize that was her in that movie. I think I'm going to go through uh, Michael Bay's filmography starting oh, from the start. God. 
Bad Boys is an awesome movie. It is. And Bad Boys too. I mean, it's not like a perfect movie by any means, but super entertaining. And like, I love that, that 90s style that Michael Bay has. Yeah, dude. The Rock. I've never seen that. That's up next. The Rock? The yeah. Rock's good. Oh, the Rock is awesome. But dude, Martin Lawrence back in the day, he was fucking comedic gold. Have we talked about nothing, nothing to lose, lose on this yeah. show? Okay. I don't know if out on the show, but we've talked about it. That movie is so good. He's the best. Tom, you ever seen Nothing to Lose? No, I haven't seen Bad Boys either. Oh, what? That changed that. Dude, dude, that was like a classic. I watched that all the time growing up. I was rewatching Braveheart. I guess. <laughs> Freedom. <laughs> um, cool. Don't have much to say other than it. It holds up. It's, it's a fun movie. Yeah. yeah. Got you on that Bay train. Oh yeah. All right, shall I uh, take us to the the end here? Well, I have two things. Oh, you do? Okay. It'll be pretty quick. Um, so this past weekend, uh, Haley and I, my girlfriend, decided... It was her idea. She wanted to pick any movie she wanted to watch to, or to show me. Any movie she wanted to show me, I would watch it. And I would pick any movie I wanted oh, to show the, her. That's the funnest. You guys probably <laughs> already know what I picked, but I'll start with what she picked. One of her favorite movies is Stuck in Love, which is a rom-com starring Greg Kinnear, Nat Wolf, Logan Lerman, Jennifer Connelly. Um, <clears throat> it was it was okay. It was decent. I um I think I rated it like a three out of five on Letterboxd. Better than Good Dick. Better than Good Dick. Yes. Have you decided to be honest about how you feel about the movies that you're shown? Yeah, well, she because when the movie conclusion. was when the movie was over, she was like, "So, what did you think?" I was like, "Um, <laughs> just trying to think of how I was going to formulate." It. I was like, "It was okay," and then she was like, "I'm not going to show you anything." She was joking. She said, like, yeah. "I'm not going to show you anything again." Um, it was the reason she likes it so much is because there's lots of specific details in the movie that really resonate with her. Like for example, one of the characters in this movie, his favorite author is Stephen King. She loves Stephen King. One of the characters shows her boyfriends an album. It's fevers and mirrors by bright eyes. She loves bright eyes. Uh, one of the characters is a big time cynic when it comes to love. She was a cynic when she was younger. Love is a construct, it's all fake, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, so it really, uh, which, like, I get, like, there's movies that, like, resonate with me because of those kind of details. So from my perspective, it was a serviceable rom-com, but it was pretty generic, you know? The characters are kind of tropey. Um, I like the performances a lot, but... You know, is Nat Wolf the kid from Hereditary? That's Alex Wolf. Oh, okay. Nat Wolf is his older brother. Because remember, I didn't know there were two of them until Hereditary, and I realized, right. yeah, no, Nat Wolf was in Fault in Our Stars, Paper Towns. He was in this movie. I saw that. Did you? You've seen this movie? Stuck in Love. Yeah, you rated it on Letterbox anyway. Oh man, it must have been <laughs> pretty forgettable. <laughs> what did I? Rate you rated it, it a two and a half. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Haley. Uh, Middle of the road. <laughs> I don't remember a lick from this movie. Um, I'm trying to think of what might jog your memory. Kristen oh Bell was God. in it. Greg Kinnear bangs Kristen Bell. They're like fuck buddies in it. They're all writers. It's a whole family of writers. Oh, I think I do remember watching this a few years ago. I didn't check the time. I didn't check the timestamp, so I don't know. Just like, wait, how long is it? 
Um, <laughs> short runtime, ninety-seven minutes. So, oh, perfect, oh, under a wow. hundred. Would have been a two-star otherwise. <laughs> Probably <laughs> another four minutes. I'm gonna watch this trailer really quick. Two-star territory. Just on mute by myself. On mute. Yeah. Okay. Um, gotta, yeah, I'm totally drawing a blank. So it was. Um, I liked it. You know, I'm, I'm a sucker for rom-coms. This one was fine. You know, I wasn't struck by it. Mm. My favorite hey, Elliot Smith song is in it, though. If you are a uh, rom-com, whatever, uh, we need to do Sucker. a rom-com bracket. Oh my god, we should totally do a rom-com bracket. What do you think, Tom? What's your, yeah, but we, what's your experience with the rom-coms, Tom? Um, I've seen quite a few, actually. Yeah? Rom-com Tom. Rom-com Tom. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, you know, I watched movies with my mom in the 90s. Yeah? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I've seen um, I've seen How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days about 90 times. Classic. Yeah. Does that count as a uh, having seen a lot? <laughs> uh, how's that trailer going over there, Travis? Um, Nothing? I, no, it, it looks vaguely familiar, but I don't remember anything about it. No. Okay. Well, anyway, I watched that. And then... Wait, wait, wait. We're... We're going to guess, right? Yeah. You guys want to guess what movie I picked to show Haley? The Fountain. Halloween. How many guesses do we get? Uh, like two more. Did you log it? No. I've seen it a bunch of times. So. It follows. No. Give us a genre. Will that give it away? Uh, the genre is Matt's favorite movie. Your favorite movie of all Wayne's time? World. Oh, God. Synecdoche, New York. Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> kidding me? what'd she think uh when the movie was over she said i don't know how to feel about that movie mm-hmm. which is very common in my experience mm-hmm. with that movie uh she kept falling asleep <laughs> <laughs> i wanted she to know how yeah. to feel it was uh it was after so this was the night of uh the sub pop festival so we had been out in the mm-hmm. sun all day yeah whatever she also Lots took a little hit from uh, a little smoky smoke hey, that I was It's a boring fucking movie. In. It's totally. Get out of movie. here. <laughs> um, she she dozed off a couple times, but she did ask me to rewind. So she fell asleep like right at like the. You guys have seen the movie, right? I don't remember a lick about that movie either. Okay. Well, except the uh, the dentist scene. That's remember? like a. 20 I know seconds. we've already talked about this on the podcast. The movie ends, and then she woke up, and then she's like, "Wait, what? What did I miss?" I was like, "So everything, the end of the movie." Like, <laughs> so we had to rewind it like five minutes. But she um, admitted that she felt like she would need to see it again to really formulate any kind of opinion on it. Definitely, it's just, so would I. It's just one of those kind of movies. But again, like every single time I see this movie, I find like new things you appreciate about it. I watched it with subtitles because she likes subtitles. So this was the first time I had watched it with subtitles. So there were like kind of throwaway lines that are in the backgrounds that you don't really pick up unless you're really paying attention, but the subtitles pick up Yeah, that I noticed on this watch. And um, it's just fucking remarkable. Well, I feel like if you you read dialogue, it kind of like sinks in better than just hearing it. Yeah. 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 Best movie ever. What did you uh, get on this rewatch? You said every time you uh, get something else. Well, no, this was like really, really little things. So like I said, like things that I couldn't 
here oh, before. Okay. Like, there's one scene in particular in the beginning where they're having breakfast together, and there's a, a TV on in the background, and even the TV, like the background noise, is like tying into the themes mm. of the movie. Oh, I learned. Uh, I don't think I've talked about this on the show. I learned a new like trivia tidbit about this movie. <laughs> So it's Please actually, it. it's pretty interesting. <laughs> pretty interesting. Is there any trivia uh, linked so, to this movie? <laughs> as you know, Charlie Kaufman and Spike Jones worked together uh, a couple times. They did adaptation together, being John Malkovich. Spike Jones was originally going to direct this. The, the whole movie came about because the studios approached them to do a horror movie. So they decided they wanted to make a horror movie about what scares them. As opposed to like making a movie about tropes and monsters and stuff. So they made a movie about uh, disease and losing your loved ones and not being able to like express yourself artistically. Like all the things that scare them. So like that kind of made me watch this movie through a new lens because everything is just about like dread. Which I always knew. But when you have that in the back of your mind, that's a horror movie. It's just like everything in the movie. Like going to the dentist the dentist being like, I need to recommend you do a gum surgeon. And then you have to get this gnarly gum surgery. You know, it's just like everything is like the worst case scenario. You know what I mean? That um, image is burned into my brain. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty gnarly. Um, yeah. So watching the movie through that lens this time was kind of neat. But Why wasn't this on our uh, best horror movies of the uh, 2000s? I didn't learn the trivia <laughs> in time. Would have won the bracket. I would have fallen on that sword. <laughs> Uh, anyway, that's all I got. Is that one of the subgenres on IMDb? Horror? Mm, I don't look at genres I'm on just non-horror, boxes. horror, just yeah. dread, real, real life horror. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. I would like to watch that again at some point. I would love for you guys to do that. I would rewatch it. Not going to force feed you guys, but is there a commentary? Mm-hmm. Who does it? Both of them? The Chars? Just him? Wait, both of them? Is Spike Jones re- involved in this movie at all? No. Oh. He had to drop out to do where the wild things are. No, the cough, the cough look man. Look what that did for him. Nothing. He where did the wild her, things right? are. That movie's dope. No, it's a good movie. Hmm? Did he do her? Yes. Hmm. But I think it was not financially successful. Where the wild things are. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's like a super dark chill movie based on a children's book. Like, yeah, <laughs> I never saw it. But really? I'd like to watch it. I own it. I own you it. Borrow it if you want. <laughs> Yep. Me too. <laughs> Should just get married and you can sell half your movies. <laughs> he he sold uh, eight Blu-rays. To yeah, me. I sold them some. <laughs> well, you already had doubles. I got no. I got to. <laughs> He's condensing. I got to trim the fat a little. You yeah. know, there was a lot of fat. I don't know why you bought some of that shit in the first place, but, but not the stuff that I bought. From I was you, but the, the list that you up. sent to me. Well, some of them, if the price is right, Smoking the Bandit two. It was a dollar ninety nine. Out of pop. If that was a two dollar Blu-ray. It, I would buy it. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. I forgot about one other thing. I rewatched Freddy versus Jason. Mm-hmm. Yep. Have you guys seen that movie? No. Yeah. It's awesome. But you did rate it like a two and a half. Yes. Okay. Because <laughs> it's a bad movie, objectively. It's not a good movie. Yeah. But it's so fun and so stupid. There's a scene where there's a stoner like smoking a joint when his like friends are like doing like important shit and this like weird slug monster like crawls under the door and crawls up to him and pulls out a bong 
and takes a hit off a bong and then ends up like eating his head. Like, <laughs> it's a fucking what? weird, crazy movie. There's a scene where there's a dude in a bed and Jason just like folds the bed like a like a piece of paper and the dude's <laughs> body just gets folded up on itself it's it's super entertaining bad movie but. yeah i think i watched it a few years ago around halloween and i felt similarly like it's dumb but it's it's fun i loved it when i was young and i'm, I'm happy to report that it's still dumb and still fun hmm. anyway just want to toss that and i forgot that i had rewatched that <laughs> it sounds like a, a tempting tempting watch Good shit. The Raid 2. All right, Tom, bring it home. All right, I got three. The Raid 2. Uh, the long-awaited sequel to The Raid. Also, the long-awaited review of The Raid 2, seeing as how you've been borrowing that for Since, like, almost episode the one. show's entire <laughs> existence. Mm-hmm. I've also seen the first third of it three times now. Oh, man. That uh, makes one. <laughs> so <laughs> let me tell you. In the first third of the film, you get a very intense and very brutal prison yard fight. Oh, the mud one? In the mud. Yeah. Um, So there's quite a few guns in the first movie, but the Raid 2 starts to bring out some of those hand-to-hand objects in a new way that are devastating. And um, so I thought for sure the prison yard scene was going to be like one of the top two or three scenes of this movie the raid 2 does not let off (laughs) at all it is the most brutal thing i've seen (laughs) uh so much so that like it's hard to watch it's really hard for me to watch it's so over the top but not over the top in like a tarantino way where it's like like a kill bill way you know where somebody's arm gets cut off and it's like kind of cartoony and silly it's like, no, that person's hamstring just got sliced by some broken glass, and that person's face has a baseball bat stuck in it, and just like the most gnarly things. Dude, that <laughs> you kitchen could possibly. Yes. Yeah. It's fucking most nuts. gnarly things you could possibly. Like, who imagines this shit? It is immaculately choreographed. Um, the villains are ridiculous. I thought that they were. Stupid. The whole movie is ridiculous. The whole movie is ridiculous. <laughs> but you watch it for the action, you yeah. know, and the, it it really is like untouchable. That hallway scene with the girl and the like, and the guy that little, scenes is like a bomby knocker type thing. You know what I'm talking about? What? It's like a spiky ball at the end of like a. Is that what her weapon? That's is? Kill Bill. What does she use? She has two hammers, and her brother okay. or whatever he is. It's a guy and a girl that are like twin assassins kind of uh he uses the aluminum baseball bat okay. and the ball is that a reference to old boy like the chick who uses the hammers because that's what he uses in that scene in old boy right it's a hammer yeah mm. she uses two mm. gotta Up double down ante. yeah <laughs> there's a scene uh where she's by herself and she's on a train like to do a hit but the guy that she's about to do the hit on has like seven bodyguards and she and they all pull out knives, and she just pulls out these two hammers, and obviously goes through all seven of them. God, I need to watch this again. I've only seen it the one time. Same in the theater. It is really, really out there, mind bending. Who did you watch it with? I watched it by myself. Nice. And I have never said more things to myself 
than I said in this. <laughs> oh God! Show. Yes, shit like that. Like, oh my God! What oh the my God! Fuck! Whoa! Oh no! Like stuff like that. You know, I just couldn't. I couldn't contain it. I really wanted to watch it with somebody because. Uh, who do I look at to make sure that they just saw the same thing that I just saw? <laughs> anyway, I mean, if there's a raid three, I'll watch it. And that's for sure. But um, it's pretty epic, though. <laughs> like, I would not show this movie to someone I cared about. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that he made the raid one to get funding for the raid two. Like his original yeah. idea was to do the raid two first, but he. He basically um, had to like show what he was made of, so he did the raid one. Which the raid is... was like a demo version. Of yeah, the raid I like two. the raid one better because it's so tight. You know, it all takes place in that big complex. It's like a, you know, get literally like getting to the top of the building, like level by level, kind of video game vibe to it. Yeah, um, I think it, a lot of people agree with you. It also has a weird like. I um, gotta give the edge to number two. Me too. It's got kind of got like a almost like a zombie feel to it. The people are really nasty. They're in mobs. Everything's hand-to-hand. The setting's really grimy. Um, uh, yeah, so the first I, one's really good. It's I like that concise better. and simple. And yeah. Also got that Mike Shinoda soundtrack. Hell yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, The Raid 2. Wow, really something. <laughs> uh, okay, I watched The Tree of Life again. It's been a long time. The last time I saw it was when it came out. It's one of my favorite all-time movies still. Mm-hmm. It completely holds up. Mm-hmm. Uh, masterpiece. Affecting in every way. Made me feel a lot of things. Made me worry about the sun exploding. Stuff like that. <laughs> Even though it's not explicitly in the movie. <laughs> oh, it's there. Also, no. I totally imagined a dinosaur scene that doesn't happen. I thought that there was a scene with the T-Rex and I think I'm pulling it straight out of a Jurassic Park movie and I just (laughs) inserted it into the middle of Tree of Life. Like I'm picturing a scene where there's maybe like the camera's a little bit out of focus and you see like a snake crawling along uh, like a branch and then the focus changes and right behind it there's a, a dinosaur whose lizard eye just opens that's very that, reminiscent of Jurassic Park, but I don't think that happens in Jurassic Park. <laughs> I don't know where I've seen this image, but I totally thought it was in Tree of Life. I thought there was like two ty- Tyrannosaurus Rexes that fought in the Tree of Life. Like Jurassic World style? Like T-Rex versus Indominus Rex just fucking battling it out on the riverbanks? Yeah, probably. That's King probably Kong. the scene that I just slipped in. <laughs> King Kong, the ape versus the dino. Anyway, it didn't need it. But some of that visual <laughs> stuff, the the like the formation of the planet and the origins of life, all that stuff, all the super like sciencey stuff was amazing. S- the shots of space. They brought a guy out of retirement. That guy hadn't worked for 40 years to do all of the like cuz the like the uh nebula like space stuff was yeah. all done with like chemicals and water oh. shining light through water so it's all just like mixing things in water and that's awesome they brought some guy hadn't been in the industry for like 40 years and he came out of retirement to do tree of life for for Terrence old Terry <laughs> the family stuff is great too the family yeah. stuff is great yeah yeah 
Also, like, really interesting, like, surreal. Like, remember the part where Jessica Chastain is, like, literally floating yeah. in the air? Yeah. Like, it's beautiful, but it's also just kind of a, it's a perplexing movie, for sure. Hmm. And then you got Uno Mas. Yep. Uh, Blue Velvet, which was a rewatch for me. Um, this movie's weird. <laughs> Who would have thought? Yeah, you could probably <laughs> say that about any David Lynch movie. <laughs> When's the last time you guys saw it? Uh, I watched it for the first time within the last year or two. Yeah. I've only seen it once, and it was in college, so we're probably six, seven years removed from it. I yeah, remember that's when I saw it, too. Quite a bit. There's a lot to dig in with it, you know, but I feel like as a movie-watching experience, it's kind of so-so. There's some obvious tropes, like Kyle uh, McLaughlin's character... And his his confusion between the whore and the Madonna figures in the movie. Um, I think the most notable thing to say about it is just it's an exploration of like a supposedly perfect picturesque world that has secrets, which is like all that. That's like the only thing David Lynch does. <laughs> <laughs> What's uh, underneath the surface? Exactly. What's underneath this ridiculous surface I've crafted? Um, yeah, I mean, it's worth a watch, but it's not my favorite Lynch. Um, what's your favorite? I like Mulholland Drive better, but that movie's also a lot to handle. Yeah. It's Mulholland Drive for me, but I also fucking love Eraserhead. I did not like Eraserhead. Oh, it's so good. Did you, oh, didn't you? We wa- I watched I'll that watch for my together. party, yes. right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was a slog. <laughs> I like Twin Peaks. <laughs> Love Twin. Have you watched all of that? I haven't seen the new season. Hmm. I've heard the new season is amazing. Yeah, um, especially if you're into that kind of stuff. Yeah, Sarah's brother's a big fan, and he loved it. So uh, we're we're gonna get to it sometime. But um, I think I watched the pilot of Twin Peaks a long time ago, and it's like feature length, and yeah, it didn't really suck me in. No, I mean I could see that. You you kind of have to just live with it. You know, because it's got the whole, it's got campy elements, you know, it's not like a modern TV show at all, but nobody does a diner better than David Lynch. There's a diner featured in Blue Velvet and I was like, oh, this is where he first started. Oh, the diner scene in Mulholland Drive is dope too, because that's where uh, that character is talking about uh, um, when you know, like the, the monster man in the who lives, the like t- who lives behind that like <laughs> fucking really. Denny's or whatever it is. <laughs> Not really. There's a conversation where he talks about the dream he had where he sees him. It's it's in that restaurant. Interesting. You don't remember fucking that diners, creepy man. little like almost like homeless figure behind the back? Yeah, he's like, like a like the, a hobo, like a Sasquatch vaguely, hobo. Vaguely. It's really creepy. Gnarly. It's like oh, gives me the heebie-jeebies. The heebs. <laughs> uh, anything else on Blue Velvet? No. But the song is really gets in there. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. a little worm, a little earworm. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, that's gonna do it for this episode. Uh, coming up, what do we got? Nothing. Crazy Rich Asians. How do you guys feel about seeing that one? Crazians. Crazians. Um, <laughs> I, I would watch it, but currently sitting at ninety-eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. What's it about? This means everyone gets it. <laughs> I can't tell. Can you tell me what that's about? <laughs> um, it's you know, 
maybe we won't be able to relate to anything in it, but I feel like it's an important movie to support just because like you don't get movies like this, this kind of representation. Yeah. All Asian actors. I might use one of my A-list slots for this. I'm going to throw it a bone. <laughs> <laughs> In between fucking Slender Man and the spy who dumped me, I might, uh, uh, I might throw a bone to Crazy. I would rather watch Creations over those two. <laughs> um, also, the Happy Time Murders. How do you guys feel about that? Oh, is that the... The puppet Oh, movie. yeah. Does that come out this... August 24th. I'm definitely going to watch that. I don't know that. anything about this. Really? It's... Uh, extreme r-rated puppet movie from the son of jim henson it's got melissa mccarthy it's like muppets like coming on each other and shit like that yeah there's a scene in the trailer where there's just like silly string going all over the room yeah like blasting all over (laughs) (laughs) um and searching oh the john cho i'm definitely webcam gonna see that um, and Mile 22. I'll see that shit. I don't know if... Tom, you're probably not interested. Sequel but... to Mile 21? Mm-hmm. Nice. And Mile 20 and so <laughs> yeah. on and so forth. The 20 It's the one with uh, the Ray 2 guy. Installed. Yeah. And uh, the Wahlberg. It's the Berg and Wahlberg yearly Berg-Berg. event. I'm just not really hearing anything that's sucking me in. Well, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of a, the end of summer, it's a little dry. It also seems like it's probably going to be their worst movie that they've done together in the last few it years. It doesn't seem great. Just by, like, the the trailer. It might be fun, though. It might be, I mean, it will definitely be stupid, but. Yeah. Wait, what? I still need to catch up with some of their other stuff, though. What are you talking about? Peter Berg and Mark Wahlberg? They do, like, a, oh. a true Lone event Survivor, movie, like, every Patriot's year Day, <laughs> uh, Deep Water Horizon, uh, you guys like that? Those are the three, right? I haven't seen like any of those. Any of those? Mm-mm. Not even Lone Survivor? Oh. I own that. Lone Survivor and is... I own Patriot States. Not very good, but... Um, <laughs> anyway. So we'll see. We'll see what we end up watching. I will be seeing Slender Man. Can't say I'm excited about it, but... You know. A-list. Hmm. Maybe. Depends how busy slash lazy I am. Let's do it. We do, we need we haven't reviewed a real stinker in a while. That's I think Strangers true. Two was the and even that I gave no it one like is going to want to see Slender Man with me. Go by yourself, dog. Tom, let's go. Mm. AMC Seattle Ten. Slender Man creeps me out. Yeah, I don't want to go by myself. Me too. I'd rather go with somebody to mock it. Go with this guy. We can throw popcorn at the people in front of us. It's probably not going to be anybody else seeing it. <laughs> <laughs> also, I doubt it's playing it AMC 10. Okay. Did you know AMC 10 doesn't do free parking anymore? When did they stop doing that? Oh, dude, not for a long, long time. I park at oh, um, really? Trader Joe's, and then I take yeah, the stairs. You, well, you get the... Wait, can you park for free at Trader Joe's? No, but if you go late, because it's only till 6 that so you have to pay. Oh. Or if you go on the weekend, on Sunday. It's free on Sundays, too? Yeah, parking's free on Sundays. Oh. Yeah. So it's pretty much only Saturdays that I ever have to pay for parking. I went on a Saturday. It was like 8.50. Yeah. It's bullshit. Yeah, it's a bunch of... A couple of streets crap. over, though, there's decent like street parking. Yeah, I'm not fucking with that. Paper parking? I say this like I'm the one driving. It's not my car. <laughs> like, what do I give a fuck? Well, I usually go on the weekday, and it'll cost me like under $2 to pay till, you know, the end time or yeah. whatever. I have two qualms with AMC 10. Qualm number one, 
is that they ask for your ID at the door and then they ask for it again when you buy alcohol. Why? Just do it one time. Do they really? Yes. Yeah, why do they ask? Like you have to like, be 21 why do you to have be in both there? jobs. That doesn't make sense. It's because it's AMC. I probably like. I think they're probably really concerned about yeah. like. No, they did this before. Revoked. Do you have to show a it a third too? time yeah. when you go in with your A-list take your ticket? drink into the? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I have to do that again. Okay, they have got to drop that. That is so stupid. It's like, dude, this is my smartphone. Like, what do you want? Just no. It it makes sense. I mean, his brother, for example, like, doesn't he? Doesn't he share movie pass? No. No, but but what? if he could, he would. Difference. But you know, they okay. make it. If two people log into the same using the same login credentials on AMC, two people could very easily use that app. So if you're not the person associated with the account, it'd be really easy to get extra well, tickets. It's yeah. still a huge hassle when I'm sitting there with my ice cold Coca Cola and my peanut M and M's or a bag of popcorn. I'm trying to get my ticket out, and then they're like. Let me see your ID. They do that before you get concessions, though. What theater no. do you go to where they don't do that? Oh, the AMC 10. ID at AMC 10. When you come in to prove you're 21, prove you're 21 again to get the drink, and then to prove that you... <sighs> to get into your theater where yes. they rip your ticket. Okay. Yes. Are you, yeah. get, are you getting some rum in that Coke or something? No, I was just saying potentially that could be oh, the situation. Okay. I didn't actually get alcohol. So do they actually card you again? Oh, they definitely do. Okay. Yeah. Because I don't ever get alcohol there either. Yeah. But it's too expensive. Um, okay. <laughs> and my second pet peeve eludes me at the moment. Cool. <laughs> Wait bring end. it up. Oh, Wait oh, end oh I remember. I remember. It's actually more generic than just AMC. But just make points the same amount as dollars. I really, really hate being told that I have 35,000 points and it turns into $3.50. I'm just like, why don't you just go fuck yourself and take a couple of euros <laughs> off the end? Right. It's because it sounds like more, so it's... Yeah, but it's like it so transparent. It's good watching that number. It is though, so, so transparent. I mean, it drives you me see crazy. the little wheel? It's like, ooh. <laughs> I'm at 2,700, 3,000 I get. <laughs> Who knows? In the app. On the app. It says like X amount of points till your next reward. Oh, I'm pulling this up right now. Yeah, so it'll show like how close you are to getting your next reward. I've been saving them up. Do I go to food and drinks for that or my AMC? My AMC, and then you can go to my ticket, or maybe even just my AMC. I just saw it on your screen. Boom. 16,528. Only 3,472 points the next. When are you going to use dollar reward? What are you saving up for? An A-list membership? Do you spend them? So know. does it does it tick down or like when you use points, does the number go down or do you just always racking up points and you're just hitting? I forget, but you have to actually activate your rewards. No, the points definitely go down. They do go down. So you have to actually spend your points. Yes. It's but, not like an Xbox gamer tag or score where you're just like constantly like. Well, then to it'd be like, higher. oh, you get 15 bucks. Because I only next have, time, that's how many 20. points I have, but I've only had this for like not very long, like 2,400 points. You have 16,000 points. I guess you do get it's a, only fifteen dollars. That's right. And you can only cash them out in five thousand increments. I can't get sixteen fifty for this. I yeah, can you can activate 15. all three rewards and then you'll have fifteen dollars to use. I know, but I can't get sixteen dollars. I have to wait oh until my it hits God, twenty thousand. It's these <laughs> stupid little things. Just make it the same amount. It's like when you have to prepay a certain <clears throat> amount of money on an app to spend like 
three dollars. It's like, oh, you got to put twenty dollars on here if you want to spend yeah, three dollars. Yeah, put it in your wallet. So, so it's like, can... if I ever want to leave a list, I better do it on an increment of five thousand. Otherwise, I'm leaving okay. money on the table. I see what you're saying, but just settle down. <laughs> it's just AMC rewards. So I got a, I got the first credit card that I actually plan on using this last weekend. So I'm kind of points crazy right now. Uh, well, you shouldn't be down talking AMC because. They're kicking ass right now. Yeah, I'm all aboard that AMC. I'm just training. giving them some constructive criticism, some feedback, you know? Okay. Fair enough. All right. Let's this a shithole. Yep. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, go ahead and send us an email if you would like to ask us a question. doesn't even have to be movie-related. Cinephilesdigest at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook, like our Twitter, leave us a review on the iTunes store. It helps our visibility. Send us AMC points. Yeah. You want to pass some points, transfer them over. We uh, would very much appreciate a free popcorn, maybe a little frozen cookie dough bites, wow. some of that action, you know what I'm saying? Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate it. We'll be back in a couple weeks. Peace out.